Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. Hey, everyone. How's it going? We are here. I've made improvements, except my arms are still getting cut off. But uh, <clears throat> we're going to try this podcast thing again. And uh, I have my co-host with me today. James will be joining us here. I've got him muted right now because I just wanted to say hello, let you guys know. If you uh, missed it last week, we're going to start doing a podcast on Wednesday nights. Uh, at least for the first... Help, I'm in shackles. <laughs> at least for the first couple hours of the of the stream. It might be just the podcast tonight. I've got a little bit of a headache still. Like in the back right of my head right here. Just not pleasant. Uh, plus, uh, Lady Navio just got back from being out of town for a couple days. So it's probably going to be just the podcast tonight uh, with James and I. But we do have a featured segment today. Uh, Mr. Mashif. Shout out to Mashif. He put together a segment that we're going to call Sheaf's Beef. He pre-recorded a video because he couldn't be here tonight. So... We're going to watch that, and it's going to be something else. I saw the screenshots. I already downloaded it. We have not watched it yet. We wanted to watch it with you live right now and get a genuine reaction. We have no idea what to expect. So we're all kind of excited for for what he's got for us for Sheep's Beef. It's actually a two-parter. Apparently, we're supposed to watch the first part and then discuss it and then watch the second part. So that's what's going to happen. I'm going to bring uh, James on now. Uh, let me unmute him and uh, bring him on up here. One moment. He's hiding. You're hiding. I'm hiding. I can't see you. Hey, guys. How's oh, it going? Hold on. I gotta change scenes. Oh, no. The entire effect got ruined. I know. I ruined everything. He set but it up for nothing. Now they'll never see me emerge from the ground. All right. Oh, here we go. Uh, boom. Oh, now I gotta mute the stream. There we go. All right. See, there's the new, uh, you'll see it pop up with you on there. The, it should have a shorter delay now. That's so. me. So, that's yeah. And that's not trash. So what I did is, uh, what I was saying, what I was telling you is that, so now each one of So the border is included in your own scene. And what that allows me to do, rather than having to make a bunch of overlays, I can kind of just do it on the fly because your border moves with you. So I can just, you know, create different layouts and stuff and just keep it all fresh. So this is the, the views I've got. I've got this. I've got the media view. And since it's just us two, I stuck us in the corner. Uh, then I got, I got Sheaf's Beef. <laughs> and then... And then I got the game one. So they look pretty much the same, but they just have different sources in them, so I can switch between them easily. So, we have much to talk about. I, some of the topics you brought up. Before we started, James was uh, sharing some stuff with me that I thought was pretty interesting. So, I wanted it. <laughs> so, why why don't you tell everyone that's out there watching what... Uh, what this video was you were making and what the game was. In fact, oh. maybe, maybe I'll pull the game up. Oh, oh that's... Oh. Let's talk about it. Okay, well, Warriors Rise to Glory is a, it's a very small indie title that 
was introduced to me by this indie PR marketing firm. I get a lot of those from these small marketing firms that indie companies reach out to, reach out to, to try to get you know eyeballs on the game. And they said, here's the key, here's what it is. Give it a look and like, you know, if you wanna make a video, you know, that's fine. That They always want one of those because right. any publicity is good publicity. And it's just so like, subpar <laughs> it's like it's 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 not bad to play like the mechanics are there like it's somewhat fun to play but everything else is just awful yeah so you tasked yourself right were you asked to make a video for it i was not you Wait. were not but you said you know what i'm gonna go ahead and put together a video for this game Let's see and how that the email how- exactly say how did that go? Well, I did what I always do. I try to, because I know the the ratio, I remember because we talked about this, it's like 30 to 1. How much raw content do you have? And then when you finally refine it into something good and watchable, it's a really bad ratio. It's, it is like, as you said, 30 to 1. You have to put in a lot of work to get something actually nice and watchable. Right. So I do what I always do. I try to record a lot of footage. In this case, I was like, I'm not going to play this for more than half an hour because <laughs> I've already put in six hours not playing anymore. Right. So I took half half an hour of content and I said, okay, I'm going to boil this down to something watchable and entertaining to put this game in a good light. So that's what I did. And were you successful at putting the game in a good light? I definitely think <laughs> the, the hesitation the game look a lot more fun than it probably is because I cut out like almost all of the gameplay except for like the parts that I were like this part this is like the whole good part right here so it's, okay. it's kind of like a movie trailer with all the action and then the actual movie has a lot of like dialogue so basically did that right all right but something a point I have to give them I would assume if I had another person to play the the local like local multiplayer with, it would probably be more fun. Oh, local! There you go. Yeah, it's all, it's local hot seat. Oh, so, so there we go. We just saw the uh, infamous Thug Life uh, screenshot there. Yep. Oh, with the freshest, newest memes. This game. Mm-hmm. You see, they they put that in the email as like the promotional material. They're so proud of that. Yeah, it's like if this is what (laughs) the highlight of the game is, I kind of don't want to play the game. Yeah, it's not. It's that's not getting you off to a good uh, good start if that's your if that's your launching point. And the most they said was, "Want to give it a try? Here's the key. There's the key. Don't hesitate to email me with any questions. I usually don't ask any questions because I don't need to. Right. You can figure it out. Yeah, because. There was one time, it was with that Judgment Apocalypse Survival Simulation game. Yeah. In the trailer, it shows buildings. That name, by the way, is still just absolutely It is way too long. Whenever I bring it up any other time, I just say Judgment, because that by itself is a pretty good title for, for the game. But you build housing because some production buildings have to be indoors. Yeah. And by default, the entrance to all those housing buildings is facing south. Okay. But in the trailer, it shows they can face other directions. But they never tell you how. 
and it took me about 10 hours of playing because the is game it was some like abstract awesome. keyboard shortcut or something it was oh god i went into the settings i i don't know how i didn't see it the first time but the second time i saw it when i was making the video i go into the settings and there it is rotate left rotate right and you would think okay since your left hand is on the qwerty keys you can right. controlling it it's you know, by default, you might be thinking, oh, okay, rotate Q, rotate E, or maybe like Alt or something. No, you have to use, you have to move your left hand all the way to the other side of the keyboard and hit comma and period. Comma period? Oh, because it's period. okay, cause the left and right arrow keys. Yeah, but you never use the left and right arrow keys. No, never. It's. But so that entire time, it was awful. If you watch that video, I actually joke about it because every building is facing south. Yeah. And because of that, I couldn't strategize how to build my base because your base gets attacked. And what you want to do is basically build your base in a way that you're resistant from ranged attacks on the outside so your people just don't get like sniped. Right. But since I couldn't figure out how to rotate the buildings at all, I basically said, okay, I'm going to put all the buildings over here and just build basically a, a bunker on the south side of the map with one entrance. That way, everything that attacks me has to walk has to go that through that <laughs> and nothing can shoot my guys on the inside. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting mechanic, like the fact that which way things are facing matters. And that I like, I like the idea of them like playing with that as far as like attack strategies and stuff but if you're gonna make that a, an essential part of the experience you should probably make it a little easier to do yeah because the tutorial itself explained a lot like it was very slow going like okay build these stuff because that's like your basic production stuff to get the game going right scavenge these items okay next mission you're gonna go and like like do a mission on this area on the overworld map that you, I, which, that we just explained to you and here's yeah. how so they were really good at explaining everything else it's just like they forgot that you can rotate buildings oh oops <laughs> so it's like one of those things where the developers probably were so used to like rotating buildings themselves that it, they just like forgot that's a mechanic that needs to be explained right huh. and what's that game called is it on steam yeah, Judgment Apocalypse Survival Simulation. It's very long. It's like 20 characters. I saw it pop up there when, uh, for a sec. Oh, it's funny. If you type judge without... Oh, it doesn't have an E. Did they type... It's spelled wrong on purpose. Yeah. It's the first game that pops up if you type J-U-D-G. But if you type the E, it's lost forever. Yep. That, that would probably hurt it as well, along with the ultra-long title that title is just ridiculous it, it's way too long the animation style looks like like an old congregate like flash game kind of yeah that's what i thought about it too but which isn't a bad thing i played a lot of really gay like gemcraft and like there were so many good congregate games that yeah it's not a bad thing and it was that idea that i was like oh, okay i'll give it a shot because a lot of these, like, when they sent me the key, it was early access still. And I'm like, early access, survival, crafting, huh? You're hitting all the things you never want to hit. Right. Hmm. I mean, is it turn-based? It's not turn-based. It's, uh, you can, it's real time, but you can pause it. 
I just it, the enemies look like they're on a like so it, it's like on a grid, right? Because yes. they're like in defined squares. Yes. It looks like because the the combat mechanics in it are actually very in depth. Okay. Because there's a cover system. There's basically there's a cover system. The range system is pretty good, and there is like a fully defined like RPG stats thing for each character, and okay. they all have like ten upgrades each with like five paths, and sometimes they break off. Which cool. is also really bad when one of them die, because then you invest oh. all that time. Yeah, no, I didn't think about that. I don't know. I I like games that try new things and you know new mechanics and sometimes other aspects of the game uh, suffer because of that. But if you're going to if you're going to like focus on a few specific things or specific mechanics, you should probably at least make those good. I don't know the whole the whole like oh yeah there's this really interesting thing but they don't explain it and then it's like well that was kind of an important part of the whole game. One thing I do like about it is the pacing goes like difficulty wise because as you progress and like get more and more tech, you have to basically move out on the map and because there's some items you can't craft, you have to scavenge it from the map. Yeah, and as you get into the higher tech. You can't just like turtle up, and then just like expect to do well. Because as you move up, you have to go and like fight tougher enemies to get the better items. And the enemies aren't just like this one has more stats than the last one. They actually do introduce new mechanics. Oh, okay. Um, do enemies and your units share mechanics? And by that I mean like a lot of games. They'll create like there will be mechanics that you can use and mechanics that are unique to enemies. Whereas other games, all the mechanics exist in the game, and you or an enemy may have, like you know, I can cast a fireball, but I may come across an enemy that can also cast that same fireball spell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As much as I've played, because there were some enemies I haven't like fought yet, your characters. Basically, they use ranged weapons, melee weapons. They they have actives. You can also give them auras as well. And then all the enemies, they don't have any actives, and they all follow like very specific things. You can pause the game, click on them, and just read up what they do. Oh, okay. So like the so none of the enemies and your units share abilities because something interesting they did was your units. There's basically like three main paths they go on. Yeah. You either do ranged weapons or melee weapons. And then from those, it's you're either you're not occult or holy. So you have to choose. So you have to use neutral stuff like just a Kevlar vest and like a shotgun. Okay. But if you're holy, then you can wear holy armor and you can use like holy weapons like crosses and that stuff. And if you're a cult, then you can use like demon stuff, get demon armor, and they okay. all have different effects. So yeah, there's definitely some depth there. Mm hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because you do have to specialize in that way because the holy armor and the cult armor is way better than the 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 generic stuff. Right. So if you don't have like a team of guys that are like skilled into that stuff, you kind of fall behind when everyone has just like the same stuff and it's not really effective. Right. 
So, I guess my... I've never played it, but based on your assessment, uh, and it has a very positive rating, mm-hmm. but the only thing that I just don't think I can fully understand is the $20 price tag on this game. Yeah. That is, I mean, a free copy to review it, sure, or maybe, you know, like, this will be one of those games that goes on sale for, like, 90%, and it'll be, like, $2, and maybe I'll buy it, but... When you got a game like, and this is a good segue because I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. When you have a game like Wizard of Legend that's like $15 and the production value as far as an indie game goes on that alone, like not even talking about mechanics, just like how well presented the game is and how well it plays. And and then we could get into the depth of the mechanics, which I've barely even scratched the surface. That's a $15 game. And then you come look at this, and they're asking $20 for this. I'm just like, I, I, I don't know. Like, unless you already have, like, a loyal fan base that came over from Congregate or something, like, I feel like you're going to have a hard time, at least based on first impressions, mm-hmm. you're going to have a really hard time selling this game for $20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things I highlighted in my video was this game definitely is not going to like catch the attention of a lot of people. But if you're a fan of games like RimWorld or like, what was the other one I compared it to? Or just that colony survival like type of game. Okay. Those people are probably going to be fine paying $20 for it because it is at, at least it's something different than all the other ones. Because RimWorld was probably the best at that because they were like, it's basically Dwarf Fortress, but we dumbed down everything, but it still has a lot of like in-depth mechanics. And yeah. this, we dumbed down a lot of stuff, but we focused more on like the combat aspect. Okay. Yeah, the combat does seem interesting. I'm looking at some of these screenshots. Mm-hmm. You know what I think is throwing me off about it? Hmm. And this is going to, I don't know if this is going to be petty, but like 100% based on first impressions, I look at the $20 price tag and then I look at the font they used in the game and uh-huh. I just immediately said, nope. <laughs> I don't know why. It like, it's almost Comic Sans. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I don't know. Like, it just, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, that that's something that a lot of devs, I think, forget about is that those first impressions are very important. The price yeah. tag is the main one, but then it is, it's all that other small stuff too. People look at your logos and they see the text. And even if they don't realize it, cause you notice like, oh, it looks kind of like Common Sans, but other people might not realize that's what they're thinking of, but right. they'll just associate it like- Subconsciously, Something yeah. about it I don't like. Right. The, the only main mechanic I didn't like was that there is a trading aspect. You can find other colonies and traded with them okay but if you're not on top of like your own base they'll keep asking you for more and more stuff and when you can't deliver they hate you and then they start raiding you really so i just never talked to anyone in my third playthrough because i was like it's not worth the effort yeah like no matter how much you get out of it if they're just gonna keep coming at you for more yeah because there is a trading system you can trade like scrap is the currency and you can buy stuff with scrap but I never really buy anything with scrap apart from like like the items that you use to reset people's skills because maybe oh this person has all of his points in bows but we use rifles now I can reset it and just make him better with rifles yeah. but everything else I just never buy and the other thing you could do with those colonies is you can recruit someone from their colony to join you 
But if you do that, they hate you more because you just took a guy from their colony. So it's like it's a lose-lose overall. Yeah. It's not worth it. What materials – so I'm, I'm assuming there's a crafting system. Yeah, there's uh, a very in-depth – what's it called? Like can you estimate how many different like types of crafting materials there are? There – it might it'll probably say here maybe like the base stuff like that cannot be crafted there's at least 20 they have a very in-depth what's it called uh like it's on the tip of my tongue or no it's not an order of operations uh tree no not a tree tree? not not necessarily when you have to craft one thing in order to craft the next thing in order to craft the next thing right well it's kind of like a tree i mean like yeah, it's, it's a progression yeah so because it's like okay base stuff is like wood because you can you chop down trees stone clay water and then more stuff that you have to go outside to grab so okay. like everything you craft is going to require like those basic stuff so right. wood, you refine into wood planks, which you use for everything. You, for some reason, use wood planks and sandwiches. I'm not sure why. <laughs> um, maybe they're making a plate with it. There you go. Wood, wood planks and sandwiches. Yeah. Because, like, for instance, the basic food you get is you harvest tomatoes, and then you make a, you make a salad. That's, like, the, the first food you get. Okay. But then it's like, okay, now you get wheat, and now you can make bread. Oh, now you have wheat, you have bread and salad. Oh, now you can use those materials to make sandwiches. Now you can make spaghetti because you have like more wheat now, and you rediscovered how to make spaghetti and stuff uh, like that. Yeah, so it, it like it logically doesn't necessarily make sense, but it's just like a progression. Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah there's progression. A, there's a screenshot here of some of some uh, a, a little bit. I, I'm guessing. Oh, these look like upgrades. This doesn't look like yeah. Crafting. That that's the the tech tree. Oh, okay, which they actually changed it in what I played which they said was the full release. So that's like an older screenshot, but that is basically what it is, except instead of it being horizontal, it's vertical. Cool. And then there's like six tabs because there's also two types of research. So now you need double the people to research because there's two types you need to accrue. Yeah. I mean, I would totally play this game if it were like... Maybe even four ninety nine. I don't know. Like uh, honestly, if it if it were on sale, like like I said, if it ever is like ninety percent off, <laughs> I'd probably mm-hmm. try it because I love RimWorld. I do like these types of games, but not enough to spend twenty dollars for this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think they're missing the mark there a little bit. Yeah, I think if you like stuff like RimWorld and you like those like the the combat that it has, then you'll like this. Because I'm not a big fan of the combat, but I am a big fan of the of the colony building. Okay. Because in the overworld, when you are going to like gather stuff, you can do all the fights yourself. Because if you do, you can win them easier because you're not relying on the computer. Yeah. But when my guys are all decked out on like the tier like three stuff, and I'm going around to like the tier zero stuff that I just haven't checked, it's click, auto fight, move on, auto fight, move on. Right. I like cleared out an entire area and then we come back with all the stuff okay yeah i that, i mean it, it's really interesting i think i think that genre could definitely use more uh i mean rim world kind of set the bar pretty high but i think there's definitely still room for like there's that dwarves one i mean there there's definitely some interesting stuff being done there 
Yeah, there but, are a lot of these games that exist. Right, but they're all... Not a lot of them really take any major risks. Like, they might have some slightly different mechanics or animations or, you know... They'll focus on one mechanic or another or whatever, but, like... I don't know. I think there's definitely still still a lot of room to innovate. Because mm-hmm. like even, the... like, even if you compare a lot of these games to Dwarf Fortress... Dwarf Fortress, the problem is that that game is so incredibly deep that people get into it, like, they'll try these other ones, and they're just never satiated. Like, mm-hmm. because, like, Dwarf there's Fortress, so there's so much detail in that game. It's like, you can fall, you can go, like, there's, you can look at your logs, like, there's third-party apps that will, like, back up all your logs from an entire game. Mm-hmm. And you can read the history of one person, and, like every struggle they went through or when they got a cut on their arm and broke their leg and then like like the, like the entire history of everything that everything that happens in that game is so deep it's just like how, like how do you i mean graphically obviously no i mean people have tried to skin that game or whatever but yeah cuz i pe- read a lot about it and then i'm like oh that sounds amazing and then, and then, you try, then and try, I try to get into <laughs> it and it's like okay download it here and now to yeah. understand what's happening we have a guide and then the guy just like eighty pages long. Yeah, no, it's and it's, each page is like a Wikipedia like page. It's a full blown commitment for sure. Yeah, it, it's not something you're just like I want to get into this. It's no, it's I'm gonna commit to this because yeah. I I read the stories of them where it's like, oh the the like the people are spilling wine on the floor in my kitchen and the cats are walking over it and then the cats go to clean themselves and they lick the wine off their fur and now they're drunk. <laughs> And now, like, there's a bunch of drunk cats everywhere, and it's like they're fighting with the dwarves. And it's like, how does that happen? Yeah. I want to, like, experience that. But then you see everything else, and you're like, never mind. And then you you load up, like, if the vanilla version of the game, and it's like X's and O's and uh-huh. asterisks and arrows and, like, how, what? what is- like, even starting a game, you're like, am I doing it right? <laughs> like, I hit this button, did it do anything? Yeah, and then exactly. all of a sudden the world's getting generated, and you're like, "Oh, what's happening?" Oh, I I did I did a thing. Anyway, I can talk about that shit all night, but let's move on to the game that I played last night for eight hours. Oh, I love this fucking game, and I really hope that they continue to. <coughs> oh my gosh, I almost died just now. Um, a bit too excited there. Calm I got down. too excited. I almost choked on my own tongue. Um, Wizard of Legend is an ambitious project. It was a Kickstarter, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's look it up. For how it much? W- it was kickstarted, and I think they hit their first goal. Oh, that's that's not what I wanted. Here we go. Contingent ninety nine was the original name of the team that made it. Wizard of Legend. Their goal was fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. They hit Pretty their cheerful. they hit their first one two three four stretch goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were some additional things that were unlocked, and uh, they raised seventy two thousand dollars for this game. It was a pretty ambitious project. There's a lot of cool ideas they wanted to incorporate as far as like you know spells and. Basically, the the best way I can describe this game is it's like Enter the Gungeon, Zelda, and Dead Cells. Like I, the, like the the action in it is very fast paced. It's more, 
like you know if if for any of you who have played or watched me play dead cells it's very like dash attack dash cast spell cast spell cooldown dash attack like it's all about moving and chaining your abilities together and you know getting used to your cooldown timings and learning the enemy's attack patterns and all that stuff so it has a very dead cells feel in the combat mm-hmm. Um, but it is a top-down. Uh, the even some of the animations remind me quite a bit of like uh, Enter the Gungeon a little bit. Not as cutesy. It's got a little more edge to it. It's a little mm-hmm. more like you feel like a badass. Like when you chain your spells together just right, and it has a combo system too. So like if you get once you hit like more than four or five hits in a row, it starts counting up your combo. It, Doesn't it make like, you feel like a legend, uh, dude. Like it it feels mechanically, it feels amazing. And uh, before, but before I get ahead of myself, uh, from the beginning, I mean, you can go watch my VOD from yesterday, <clears throat> but I'm a stickler for presentation. Like, if I boot up your game and I immediately have to fumble through shitty menus or the volume is too loud, the volume was a little loud when I booted it up, but it wasn't, like, egregious. It was, it was reasonable. I did turn it down a little bit because I'm streaming, so I, I tend to turn the music down a little. Uh, but some really cool small touches like in the menu the menus were very crisp and easy to read it, it they were pixel text you know it's a it's a you know 16 bit or 8 bit or whatever it's pixel art game uh pixel animation so the menus were also like pixelated text and everything but it was crisp and it was easy to read they didn't try and do anything too fancy it was the the one complaint i would make is the sliders on the menus are soft sliders they're not they don't tick so mm-hmm. it's like really loose so like there's no i i like to find like i want to i want like a one t- one through ten like click on the sliders mm-hmm. and it just felt really muddy like when you move the sliders around especially because the the analog stick sensitivity is really sensitive so i like the first few couple times i set the volume and I and I hit down to go to the next option, and as I was hitting down, I saw the the music volume slider move just like a little bit, because it caught like a little bit of a left movement as I was pressing down. Like, like I, they could have made that a little more snappy, a little more crispy. Or the slide don't give you a number on the bar. No, it's- that's what I'm saying. There's no numbers. It's just a. It's like it feels like an analog bar. It, it feels like you could just stick it anywhere, but you don't. Like I want to know if volume five or four like let me click it like i if i get what like i get the appeal of making it feel analog where you can kind of slide it but Mm -hmm. there's no metric i can't tell my friend yeah set the volume to four there's no you know what i mean set it to about three quarters the way down (laughs) exactly not more than one tenth of the way up from the bottom yeah that's the sweet spot uh but i will say the movement in combat feel amazing uh, the dash is a little bit weird because there's like a there's a specific amount of delay between dashes that you have to wait or it like if you press it too soon then it like resets again and you have to wait so like there's a timing to the dashes and I and I really like I think they should adopt what Dead Cells did with their dashes there's an option you can turn on in Dead Cells where your character will blink when your dash is ready again. It's a very, very, very subtle thing, but you subconsciously pick that up, and so you can train your brain. So you know, like, as soon as your character blinks, you can dash again. Mm. I think that would be cool to adopt something, because there was many times where I would just get bodied because I'd go to dash again, but I was, like, a millisecond, like, 
too early on pressing it again or whatever, and I would just like get wrecked. So it'd be nice if there was a, some type of visual indicator of when your dash is ready again. Uh, biggest, 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 biggest complaint so far. The only real complaint I have is that it seems to be a lot more friendly to keyboard and mouse than it does to gamepad. Which is weird because it came out, I think it came out on like Switch or like it, it, it came out on one or two other platforms. Yeah, so there are, there are zero, uh, gamepad configuration options. Oh yeah, I saw where you thought you were changing the gamepad config while well, all it actually It just changed the pictures. Reskin. Yeah, it was just a reskin of the buttons. So that, I, that really bugged me. I think, uh, it, it's a very gamepad friendly game especially because it has multiplayer you're not gonna have two people sitting at the keyboard and mouse so they want you to use a gamepad it's it, if it's coming out on consoles right mm-hmm. they, it, they they definitely need to add for pc users who use the gamepad they expect to be able to customize that stuff i mean enter the gungeon set the bar pretty well as far as like you know you can choose the dual analog uh style of play uh, you can choose like, oh, if I want to use a blink, I can push down both things. Like there was a bunch of custom settings in Enter the Gungeon, and you could completely rebind your controls. They need something like that because I, re- you can't. There's no, uh, there's no aiming separate from your movement on the gamepad. On the keyboard and mouse, your movement is wazzed, and your aiming is the ma- is the mouse. So you can be moving left and aiming right, right? But you can't do that with the gamepad because they don't have any support for... Uh, they, they need to let you use the second analog stick if you want to aim with it. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Uh, like in Enter the Gungeon. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, with a controller, if you're moving left, you're going to be shooting left. You exactly. Can't, you can't move left, shoot right. You're, you're shooting whichever way you're facing. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no move left, shoot right. You can't really kite very effectively. You gotta like flick it. Like uh, if I'm running away from enemies and I want to cast a spell, I'm running left to, to get away from enemies. I want to cast a spell to the right. I have to flick it right, press the spell button, and then keep running left. Like you have to turn around. Like it's uh... <laughs> James is a noob. Ninja shows up and that's his first comment. So yeah, that's that's my only like that's my biggest gripe with the game right now. And I thought about posting it in the uh, in like the Steam forums or something. Oops, I mean wood. Yeah, you, <laughs> know your place, sir. <laughs> your first comment should always be wood. Uh, so number one biggest uh, critique of the game. Number two biggest critique is the one we talked about last week, and that is that it does not have online multiplayer. Yes. They probably have half the people playing it right now. That, and there's a lot of people playing it. It shot up the charts pretty quickly. There's a lot of people streaming it and playing it. But it's going to die quick because it ha- it actually has a competitive mode. It has a 1v1 or 3v3, you know, like 1v1v1. Like it has, a, it has like an arena competitive mode in it. And they advertise that mode, but it's local only. Mm-hmm. I think it's in the trailer here, actually. Uh, yeah, and to a lot of people that see that, they're like, "Oh, hey, let's let's pick up this game. They have multiplayer." And then you buy it, and it's like, "It's local multiplayer only." Dude, if it had online multiplayer, I would definitely encourage my community to buy it so we could have like four people jump in a little arena and just cast spells on each other. Like it, it would be I could see how the the 1v1 or like the the co- the uh, competitive mode could be a ton of fun. 
but we can't play it. So <laughs> unless but, you're all gonna fly over here and play it with me on the couch, that's the only option. And I'm sure there's reviews out there that are saying the same exact thing. Hmm. Oh, see, and it's sixteen dollars, not twenty. Right. That's, that's what a I was big saying. Difference to a lot of people. I mean, I already put eight hours into it. So if you go by the dollar per hour of entertainment, I'm already almost, I, I'm like two to one right now. Mm -hmm. I play it eight more hours and I'm at one to one. And that, I mean, a dollar for an hour of entertainment in my book is definitely worth it. I don't know. I always found that metric weird because it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. But it's entertainment that you have to work at. It's not like a movie where it's like, sure, I'm paying you know, 15 for the ticket and then 134 for the, the popcorn. But I'm just, sitting, <laughs> I'm just sitting there enjoying the movie. Even if it's a bad movie, you, you're just sitting there taking it in. That's true. But some people would make the counter argument that an, being able to interact with it actually gives it more value, not less. If the game is done right. Because yeah. some <laughs> like Warriors... <laughs> <laughs> not worth my time that's true just grinding that yeah well i mean when it becomes more work than pleasure then yeah obviously it's probably not worth it yeah that that's usually why because i like this genre of games i like the roguelikes i like the the progression but it's like it's like why i stopped playing dead cells i i loved the combat it was so fluid the enemies were diverse and interesting but then it was just work like, okay, do this run as fast as you can to get the orbs so you can die and spend the orbs. And it's like, yeah. this is a chore now, which right. I know people like because it's collecting and then progressing and getting stronger. Right. But when I have all these other games, it's like I don't have the need to want to, like, finish this. Right. Because I remember when I was younger and I had, like, one game a year, which was Call of Duty. It was <laughs> like, I'm going to unlock all the camos for everything because I have a year to do it before I get the next Call of Duty. Yeah. Yeah, when there was when there was time between games. Yeah. That 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 makes sense. Yeah, cuz roguelikes do require a certain amount of hours to and but I think as long and that was actually my last bullet point on this before we move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. As long as the progression feels uh, steady, I will come back to it. And that's that's the hardest thing, I think, to accomplish. And uh, I think that's why... Like, a, a terrible example is when Diablo 3 first came out. Mm -hmm. uh, the hardest difficulty was literally impossible to beat unless you had perfect gear. Mm -hmm. And to grind to get that gear was just hundreds of hours because the drop rates in that game were fucking terrible and so the only other way to beat the la the highest tier difficulty was to buy it in there there used to be a marketplace in Diablo 3 right mm -hmm. and that felt terrible like it felt like if you grind a game for 5 hours and you don't get a single drop or nothing you don't get anything that progresses you in any way it feels like an absolute waste of time it feels like work but if you unlock everything too fast, that's not fun either, right? So, like, there has to be a balance where it's it's fun to keep going. And I think that's one of the things that Binding of Isaac got so right. 
and every game after it has been chasing that like perfect formula <clears throat> is like every yeah, a different league well yeah you're always unlocking something like mm-hmm. every run you'll probably unlock at least one thing like you'll get the little pop-up that says oh this will now appear in the basement or you know there's it, or if you get stuck on a few runs where you die a couple times there's the challenges you could go try and do a challenge which you get a specific unlock for that challenge mm-hmm. and then you start unlocking characters and each character has different mechanics and like so like the progression of the game if you just keep playing it you'll keep unlocking stuff and you'll keep finding out new things about it and i think wizard of legend in my opinion has come the closest to that feeling since I since Binding of Isaac, Enter the Gungeon, I felt like it was close, but Enter the Gungeon is a little too hard, in my opinion, for like casual roguelike players. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's really hard game to beat. It like there's a lot of people who give up on Enter the Gungeon. I've only killed the dragon a handful of times. Like I just don't have the time. You know, eventually you learn all of the patterns of the enemies and you unlock more stuff, but. It's I there's people who play that game for thousands of hours and haven't unlocked everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's also and, an issue I have with roguelikes. When a run takes more than half an hour, it, yeah. It would after your first couple hours playing it, it kind of becomes a chore cuz then you're like, okay, I'm going to have to commit like this amount of time to play through it because if I exit, that's it. Well, and Enter the Gungeon solved that problem by letting you save on a floor. Like, when you get to the elevator, you can actually save the game and quit, and it'll save your progress. Mm-hmm. So they were smart in that aspect. I give them mad props for that. Uh, one game that I have a major issue with this in, even though you can leave and come back to where your progress was, there's no reason a game... I'm talking about Swords of Ditto. <laughs> there's no reason a single run should take, like, six hours. Like one run in that game is like a game in and of itself and i think that's kind of what they were going for because if you look in the advertising for the game it's like each adventure is each hero has a completely new and full adventure like the way they worded it they were like hey each each time you play it it's like playing a whole new zelda game all over again which i could get behind except it's really repetitive mm-hmm. there's not enough variation in weapons and unlocks and and whatnot. Like I had a run where I ha- I found all the stupid orbs for the fountain except for one, and it was a long ass run. And I didn't realize that if I when I start again, I start with zero of those orbs. I didn't know because ro- that's the whole point of roguelikes. You don't know like a lot of times you just don't know anything. But I was like, yeah, oh cool, looking- I got I got seven out of eight of the orbs. So on the next run, because some stuff did carry over, which was weird, <clears throat> but some stuff didn't. So, I was thinking, oh, cool, I got seven of eight, seven and eight of these orbs that I need for this next big unlock or part of the game or whatever. Hopefully, I'll find the next one on the next run. I found that fountain again on my next run, and it, there were zero orbs. So, you have to find them all in one run and worry about, like, beating all of the temples. And, like, I don't know. It's just, it, it feels, like you said, it feels like work. Hmm because of how long the runs are yeah that that's usually when i stop playing the roguelike right just in general because i i did pick up forced the the roguelike by better dwarf and it's fun but then 
but then it's not it comes in three like there's three like main campaigns and the first one as i'm playing i was like oh this is fun i'm getting these unlocks it only takes like half an hour to beat and then i move to the second campaign and they're like it's three times long and i'm like huh yeah i i didn't it scales up like was, crazy <laughs> i didn't realize i was signing up for such a big commitment here and then i just stopped playing it <laughs> ninja breadmon said dark souls is the only chore game i need that's a i mean it's a different type of chore though yeah that that's a fun chore because well sure i mean hard. that's a that's that's subjective sir yeah, it, it's, yeah but I it's it's different because it's basically just learning how to beat your opponent. It it yeah. not I mean you do there is an inventory system and stuff, but it's not like grinding unlocks. It's a little bit different like Yeah, it's just can I learn his can I learn my his fan. mechanics in order to get good enough to beat him? And it's stuff like that that, that that's interesting that that people like but it's also why I haven't bought any of the Dark Souls games. Because, uh, Dark Souls, I don't know if I have the, the time to sit through one of those games and play it. I want to play them. I like a challenge. I just, yeah, I I really like roguelikes. So, <laughs> they, they tend to take up quite a bit of my time. I was a huge Diablo 2 and Diablo 3 player. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, like, when I started getting into roguelikes, they scratched that itch for me instead. I, I, I prefer the grind of a roguelike over a traditional RPG, I feel like. Mm -hmm. That's just me, though. Because uh, well, I, I so do they, like... They are designed for that single-player experience. Right. Like, how can we design this progression to be fun? Whereas stuff like Diablo, it's like, in the back of those devs' head, it's like, okay, how can we make the grind kind of difficult to keep people grinding? Right. Well, and then the problem with Diablo 2 and 3 for me was that eventually if you want to, like, get to the really crazy endgame top tier stuff, it was all about just, like, multiplayer boosting and shit. Mm -hmm. Like, it, they, they originally had, like, single player in mind, and you can play through the campaign, and you can do, like, adventure mode by yourself. But, like, as soon as you go on Reddit or any forums or whatever, it's just like, oh, yeah, just have someone boost you to 70, and then uh, get this gear, and then go do... Uh, you know, uh, greater rift runs, and that's it. Like that's the game now, and it's just like, I, but that's not fun to me. I, that, that's there's no discovery. Like that's part of the reason those games are so fun to me. Is like before they were geared so like towards you know leaderboards and multiplayer and stuff. It was all about the discovery. Like oh, you found that item that is fun. Like I've been oh, I found this sword that's three times better than my last sword, and now I can just kill everything in one hit. You know, like. It's that type of shit that I enjoy. Like, oh, I found this spell that synergizes with this other spell, and now I can use this trinket to make them stronger. You know, it's mm -hmm. that whole experience that I, I think that's why I, I'm drawn to roguelike so much. So anyway, I think that's enough about Wizard of Legend. It's a great fucking game. It has huge replayability. I played it for eight hours. Uh, I barely scratched the surface. I got, I beat, the furthest I got, I think I beat the second boss once? Did I beat the second boss? I think I died to the second boss a bunch of times. <coughs> Sorry about the coughing, I'm almost over this cold. Uh, there was a couple more things we wanted to talk about, and then it's gonna be time for Mashif's Beef. I'm so ready for Mashif's Beef, or Sheaf's Beef, sorry. Uh... One thing I wanted to <clears throat> put out there real quick 
It was in the news this week. There's a lot of big announcements coming, and they're very exciting. But this one had me pretty excited. I'm going to pause my music. It is the Rage 2 trailer. Oh. Um, it's being developed, or it's they're, they're working with, they've teamed up with the team that made the official Mad Max game. Mm-hmm. And so you know, like, the vehicle stuff is going to be really on point. <clears throat> and the gunplay in the first Rage was actually really good. The game just had some flaws, and it, it, I think some of it was just timing when the game came out. And But so, someone pointed out, like, it looks like there's elements of Mad Max and Rage. And another one someone pointed out was Bulletstorm. Like oh, it, that was a good game. Yeah, well, and so like, if you watch the trailer, you can kind of see like some aspects of that. It has a very like the gun gunplay wise, it has a bit of a bullet storm feel to it. So if they can combine those three games and do it right, now you now you've got my attention. Bullet Storm was so great. They're like, how do we make an arcade first person shooter? Oh, we it was put points on everything. Yeah, it was and amazing. Then the combos were crazy. You, you would do like all sorts of stuff to figure out what would get you the most points. That was the best part. It was like, yeah, it was like Tony Hawk pro skater meets but doom. You're killing people. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was really a cool idea and I'm surprised there hasn't been more that came from that. But uh, I mean, there has, there's been other things that do have similar, but I don't know. Bullet storm. Yeah. Did it really well. So it, mm-hmm. there's, there's a hint of that kind of gunplay in the trailer. So I'm just going to play the trailer and we're going to enjoy it. Peggy 18. When the asteroid hit, billions were gone in the blink of an eye. The environments look really sexy. Tribes rose up. Alliances formed. Territory was conquered. There was no one left alive to tell you no. And in this wild, wide-open place, if you wanted something bad enough, it was yours for the taking. You see, in a world where there are no rules, insanity rules. I love the Andrew WK choice for the music, too. Yeah, he's doing, like, the entire soundtrack. That's amazing. No, it's not. It's Rage Two, but I think they did say Borderlands Three is coming. So. Peggy 18. Here's my here's my hope. My hope is that they learn their mistakes from the first rage. And that the vehicle shit's awesome because why wouldn't it be if you're working with the uh, Mad Max team? Oh, oh my uh 
My headset just cut out there for a sec. Hold on. Oh, that's, that's never good. Uh, I think I got a loose wire, maybe. Hopefully the uh, the vehicle shit's awesome. And hopefully the gunplay is awesome. If they get those things right, it'll be a hit. It looks it looks very promising. What kind of issues did the first Rage have? Um, I honestly don't remember. It came out so long ago, but uh, I think it's only ten dollars. Let's see here. Let's pull up. I mean, we could probably look at the first review and get an idea. See, it had mixed reviews. No, it definitely has not aged well. So yeah, I know. Okay, so I as I see these first reviews, I do remember a lot of people complained about optimization issues. Mm-hmm. That was a like like when it came out, it just crashed a lot of people's computer. Like it just didn't like for a lot of people, it wouldn't even load, or it was like f like tons of FPS issues. Uh, yeah, that's always weird. Because... Main story's eighteen hours. That it's repetitive and boring. Sorry. Because Go some ahead. systems, sometimes they just don't work with games, and you're like, I don't know why. Like, yeah, but I think a lot of those problems have been rectified a little bit. I mean, now that there's some really, really well-made, stable engines out there, mm-hmm. you know, now that you've got Unity and Unreal Engine and stuff like that, like, if studios are smart, they won't try and fucking reinvent the wheel and they'll just use the the existing tools that are out there that are powerful and just, you know, build the game they want to build and not feel like they have to prove something to the world by creating an entire 3D engine. Yeah, cuz there are some studios that do that. Or they're like, "Well, we needed to build it from the ground up because we needed it to work in this way." And then it's just really bad in everything else. Well, and I mean, I think that's been part of the issue Personally, I mean, from everything I've read and whatnot, it, it seems to be part of the issue with Valve, right? Mm-hmm. Like their their big thing is like we don't do a project unless it's also going to feature some new revolutionary thing or technology or a new engine or whatever. Like that's why they make games. It's to like test or promote new technologies or new whatevers. Like the orange box was basically to just promote the source engine. Mm-hmm. And so, like, because at the time it's physics, they yeah. Great. But now you've got people who want them to keep making games, but they, but like, he's come out and said, "Well, we don't have anything, you know, revolution, like, you know, yeah, something." The, the current meme, Valve. We used to make games, and now we make money. Yeah. So, and t- unless there's some, I mean, maybe, maybe once VR gets good enough, they'll make Half Life Three in VR. But they're not motivated to make Half Life Three. Unless there's some like new technology behind it or something else that they can show off or sell or promote with it, like they won't make a game just to make a game anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there has been a lot of like talks that Source Two is like out there that they're doing stuff with it. Yeah, and like how they're like, oh, we're gonna remake, they're gonna redo CS:GO in Source Two and all that stuff. But so far, they keep everything under wraps. Well, and I just watched a video about that, actually. A guy was saying that they had already remade Dust 2 in the Source 2 engine as far back as 2013. Mm-hmm. And then they just fucking sat on it, and that guy, like, went to another company. Yep. So, like, and, and you know, a lot of people, like, praise their whole, like, 
free flowing business model or whatever. Like, you know, oh, you know, no one, no one has a specific job. You kind of just do whatever project you want to work on. That's awesome. But like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, other than, you know, patching Valve and promoting VR, like, yeah, because know. they they have the in they have the revenue from Steam itself to support that. But yeah. it's like, what are you guys doing? Because like, yeah, along with that, there's no specific job. It's because it's like a democracy. If a big enough group of people there are like, hey, we want to do this, then they do it. Right. But if they don't want to make Half Life Three, it just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah, it's kind of kind of shitty. The and last we bit got of artifact. <laughs> yeah. Well, last bit of news uh, that James brought up that I thought was worth mentioning. Check this out. These dum dums. We don't have to read the whole statement, but essentially, Bosky, the people who made Lawbreakers and Radical Heights, they don't fucking exist anymore. Who saw that coming? I did. They basically tried to clone games and make money off of them. I mean, Lawbreakers had so much potential, mm-hmm. but their release window and their management and their definitely had a lot to do with their public relations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much with that. Yeah, like they just they were a fucking train wreck, and they I I don't really honestly feel bad for them. And I love how he puts here about like there's this whole sob story about how his dog is dying or something. Mm-hmm. And he and wants like to how spend time one, with his dog. And then in this this uh, leaving message, we hired the like some of the best talent in the industry. We wanted we produce these quality products, and you know we just we're that we're canceling now, guys. It's like it didn't work out. And I love I love the how they. Uh, damn it, my headsets like. I might have to grab another pair of headphones. My headset's cutting out of touch. I have to solder some wires, boys. Um, I love this part, too, where they were like, uh, Lawbreakers was a great game that unfortunately failed uh, to gain traction. Uh, I wonder why. (laughs) Like, you release it in the same window as Overwatch, and you charge like 60 bucks. Or wasn't the... uh, wasn't the a limited edition like $120 or some shit yes, with all it the was unlocks? Very expensive. And, and then, Red Marsh, yeah, they they did they made Radical Heights after Lawbreakers. Yeah, Lawbreakers the, the I mean they made so many mistakes. And plus like when the heads of your company are just douche nozzles and treat people poorly and talk shit about the community like I don't know. That you're that's that's never going to end well. Like he was, he was a, he was kind of a cocky asshole. Yeah, Red Marsh. There's a video by I forget the guy, but he essentially runs a series uh, that's called "Insert Game Didn't Die, It Was Murdered," and he did one for Lawbreakers, and he essentially talked about how the owner and just their PR in general was awful, and that's what basically killed the game. Because I remember watching it, and he's like showing some of the the PR stuff that they had out for it. Because I don't watch TV, so I never see ads. And I was looking at these ads, and there were like stuff. There were stuff like this is for hardcore gamers, like noobs aren't allowed. And it's like that's that's an already very minute audience of an already minute audience. Yeah, like, that just doesn't help. Yeah, I'll link it for you. 
Yeah, no. They, I mean, they they just made every mistake in the book. And then when when battle when lawbreakers failed, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, you've got player unknown, you got Fortnite. Those blow up, right? And so the, their last ditch effort, they rush to market this '80s themed battle royale called Radical Heights. And there's whole sections of the map that aren't even textured yet. Mm-hmm. Like they were just basically like, oh no, we're just going to develop it as we go. But here it is. It's playable. It's free. But it was, it, yeah, it was garbage. Uh, I mean, I, I played it once. It felt like your character wasn't even connected to the floor. Like you were just like kind of floating around the map and it was super glitchy. Mm-hmm. It, it was basically a money grab. They were just trying their best to survive, which I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, there's jobs on the line. You know, it's you don't want to have to admit that you fucked up and close your doors and fire a bunch of people. So they yeah. did what they, you know, they they tried one last time to get some traction with a game. and You know? Yeah, the main issue I had with Radical Heights is, was who who are they trying to appeal to with this game? Because it wasn't realistic like PUBG. It wasn't as arcadey as as Fortnite, and it wasn't doing anything really new like Darwin Project. So, right. who exactly was this for? Yeah, it had no market. Like at least Darwin Project, they advertise themselves as a very like skill based Hunger Games bow and arrow crafting like ten players. The whole director thing. Like, there's so many unique things that Darwin Project tried to do that no other Battle Royale was doing. Which is what you have to do if you're going to try and survive in that marketplace. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't... If you if you just are like a reskinned Battle Royale, why would anyone switch when they've got a thousand hours in Player Unknowns already? Like, Yeah, and not to mention, if you're making a Battle Royale, you can't make a realistic one because PUBG has that space. So you have to make a better PUBG, which obviously honestly might not be that difficult. Make a better arcade <laughs> Fortnite, which is kind of hard since it's Epic's engine and their team like they know it inside and out. So you just have to do something unique and interesting with the genre. Right. Yeah, it's it's sad. I, I you know I don't want to I don't want to cheer people losing their jobs or a company closing their doors. I think the more companies we have, the more innovation, the more competition is a good thing. But I can't I can't cry too many tears over this asshole. Oh my dog is dying. I need to spend more time with my dog. We did our best, but it just didn't work out, guys. See you later. Like I don't know. I just I I'm sorry, but I can't can't feel bad for you. Lawbreakers had a lot of cool Titanfall elements, though. Dude, Titanfall 2. I started playing that. That game's amazing. Anyway, that's the sidebar. Um, I think I'm going to take a short, like, two-minute break. We're going to come back, and it's time for Sheaf's Beef. He has recorded... I don't know what it is. I haven't even watched it yet. But he has assured us that we are in for quite a treat. You there, James? Did I lose you? I think I lost James. Hold on. What happened to my call? Yeah, he looks frozen. Let me get James back. He dropped off the call. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. Let me check the Discord. I did lose James. We'll get him back. Maybe he had to poop. 
Anyway, um, what I was saying is, Mashif, ha- uh, he couldn't join us today for his segment uh, for Sheaf's Beef. So I told him if he wanted to, he could just record a video. He could do a seg- He could do a little Chiefs beef segment, and uh, I could play it on the show. Apparently, he went above and beyond. My internet died. No, get back in here, man. We got to watch some Chiefs beef. Well, that's probably a good time to take a break then. Uh oh, 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 oh. I think we got a James. Hello. Hi. Oh, you're super quiet now. Keep talking. Talking. Yeah, you got really quiet. Oh, that's odd. Uh, I think I think it'll adjust though. Okay. Yeah, it, I did get a, a pop up that said something about like a, an echo, so it lowered me. Oh, I think you might be able to manually go into your options and turn yourself up. Okay, but yeah, my internet just like died for a brief moment. That was odd. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so, how's the sound now? So if you go into uh if you click on the little arrow next to the mic at the bottom and you go to audio options, and when that menu pops up, click on test computer mic and speakers, and then you'll see the the sliders will be there. Please speak into your microphone. Yeah, it's really quiet for some reason. Yeah, just okay, just how about now? Yeah, just crank the bar up. Okay, how about now? Go a little higher. Uh, that that's max. Oh, uh, make sure uncheck the automatically adjust microphone thing. Yeah, I did. I'll just move the mic closer. Oh, there, to me. that's a little better. Yeah, if you talk into the mic, that helps. Yeah. Okay. How about now? What's your talk show, Jimmy? I've never seen this. It's new. This is the second one we've ever done. Uh, it's something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to have a podcast. Um, so I'm just gonna do it. I learn by doing. Uh, that's <laughs> if I if I decide I want to do something, I just fucking I generally just do it. Uh, otherwise, I get stuck in um, what's it called analysis paralysis. It's a very real problem for me. If I start overthinking the process, if I start like analyzing and like, oh, what kind of format do I want? What are my graphics gonna be? You know, oh, I you know I if I I will I will over perfect it in my mind to the point where it never happens. Uh, so I like if you watch the first podcast, it's literally us setting up the overlays and shit. Like I just have to do it, otherwise it'll never get done. So that's what I did. We I just decided, hey, this is the week we're starting the podcast every Wednesday, starting at six p.m. James is my co-host. That's he has me. A, yeah, that's this guy over here. He has a uh, he has a pretty popular YouTube channel. He's got uh, oh, how many subscribers now? Uh, eighty-three thousand. 83,000. That's nothing to wave. I mean, and only 10% of my views come from my subscribers. Yeah, but still, he does little uh, YouTube review videos and stuff, and he's been a member of my community for a long time. So I asked him if he wanted to be my co host, and uh, he said yes. I get stuck in penalysis paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, goo. <laughs> that is a real problem. It can be. <clears throat> Anyway, let's switch back to our other scene. We don't need to look at that anymore. It's depressing. Hey, there. We can see chat now. That's awesome. So this is my two. When it's just me and James and we don't have any special guests, this will be our usual format. We've got this view. We've got the media view. And right when we come back from a short break, I've got the sheaf view. We've got my sheaf's beef. It's going to happen. I should, I should bring that up. 
I should uh, I should just yeah. So we're gonna watch it together for the first time. We're gonna sync up our videos. He sent it directly to us, so I'm gonna play it on the stream while James uh, hits play at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to watch our Sheaf's Beef segment. For those who don't know, Mashif is a member of my community. He is hilarious. He's got a great, sarcastic sense of humor. Uh, I know him uh, in real life. He sold me my car, actually. Uh, he used to be a car salesman. Now he's an in- a car insurance salesman. <laughs> he, uh, he tries to sell you those uh, extended warranty plans and uh, get you set up with all that stuff. So not car insurance like State Farm, but like... Uh, like the he he I think he works in the lease office. I think he like, you know, helps you uh, get your lease approved, and then he'll also try and like sell you the the hundred thousand mile uh, uh, service package and stuff like that. That was not a fun chapter in accounting. <laughs> and he's actually really good at, do- at what he does. Warranty, that's what it is. Lady Navio swoops in. She also works at the same company as him. She's in the HR department at his company, so. She, uh, thank you. She probably heard me from upstairs and she's like, God damn it, he's butchering it. He works in warranty, Jimmy. F- figure it out. So, uh, two minute break. We'll go hit the bucket and, uh, we'll come right back. Go drink your drink, smoke your smoke, and, uh, we're gonna come back for our Sheaf's Beef segment. So, I have no idea. We haven't watched it yet. So, we're gonna, we have, we're gonna experience it together for the first time. <laughs> I have no idea what to expect. Uh, for those who don't know, this segment is basically going to be Mashif either ranting about something or presenting us with gifts and memes. It's pretty much him just whatever the fuck happened or whatever made him mad this week. Or I have no idea, honestly. But he said he spent way more time on it than he should have. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to load just up the thumbnail f- alone. Yeah. Say something again real quick. Something again real quick. Okay, sorry. There was a little delay on your video. I'm just making sure it was good. All right, the beef. Okay, so play first. This is the one we want. Oh, Jesus. I love it already. Let me check my levels. Did you start it? Welcome. You can't start it just yet. I'm not. I'm not. I promise. Can't just jump right in. I'm gotta do a little foreplay first. I'm well. I'm trying to figure out. I want to full screen it. I oh have yeah, to. but it's like. Let me move this over here. I think this will work. I'm gonna full screen it on this screen, and uh, I'll just do a window capture. I think that might be the way to do it. Here we go. This is a, again. This is learning curves. This is the first time we've done a pre-recorded Chiefs Beef segment. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Boom. We're going to move that behind us. We're going to get rid of my sheep's beef. I don't need mine anymore. Look at that. Yes. Doing it live. That's how we do things here on. uh... So let me size that down just a touch, but then I will full screen. Oh, wrong one. Thanks for uh, press F11. I know. I was getting my uh, 
my ratios. Sorry, I know I hyped it like crazy, and now you guys are just anxiously awaiting, but I got to get this right. Once I do this once, I won't have to do it again. So you're getting the first ever exclusive. All right, you ready? All right. You want to do it on three? I have no idea. Let me check my levels. Welcome oh, yeah, what if it like, blows everyone's eardrums? I think we're good. I might Actually, let me go up a little more. Don't say anything for a second. Welcome to C. All right, here we go. All right, on three. Hold on. <laughs> All right, ready? Yep. One, two, three, go. Welcome to Sheep's We're down here at JTR HNBR Network Sheep Beef Stadium Complex. I'm the Sheep, your host, and we're going to be taking the beef to the ring in a head-to-head -head competition to see which one is beefier. Let's get started. Take it to the ring. Yes. All right. Welcome to the, the stadium. We're in the ring. We're gonna go head to head with two different beefs, and I want to know which one you guys think is beefy. We're gonna start with one. Go to the next. I want to hear from the panel and the judges and see what you guys think. Jimmy, James, the guests, and then the chat. There is a right answer, and you're gonna get it at the end of the show. Oh, there's first, a right let's answer. Get the first beef. The first beef is non-gamers. And when I say non-gamers, I don't care about people that don't play video games and don't have an opinion about it. What I am talking about specifically is people that don't play video games, that have an opinion on it, that think they're creating a bunch of violent little monsters. When we all know that isn't true, okay? It's not fucking true. It's not true because if it was, this billion dollar industry would create a ton of soldiers, a ton of killers, a ton of maimers. We'd be going crazy. No, all we do is sit in our rooms and play video games and we don't bug anybody. Okay, that's why, as the popularity of video games has gone up, the crime rates have gone down. Okay, you can get into FBI statistics of that if you really want to, but we all know that's a fact because when was the last time you killed someone? Guess what? <laughs> you didn't. Okay, and if you did, like yesterday, tell us in the chat. I want to hear the story. I want to know what's up. <laughs> all right, so non-gamers is the issue, specifically people that nice that, that picture. They're creating violence and should be regulated more heavily. Or or banned altogether. There's this whole movement of teachers and attorneys and moms and, and people that don't know anything about video games, have never played a video game, and don't realize that all these people around them that are playing video games are not violent. Okay? We're not hurting anyone. We're not bugging you. All we're doing is pumping up the economy and, you know, hanging out, having a good time. Recently, I was at my house and I had a group of people over. And mind you, none of these people play video games. None of them have ever picked up a fucking controller. And it was right after the tragedy in Florida, and it's a huge, huge tragedy. I do not want to downplay that at all. But that kid in Florida that, that shot all those people up, they're trying to blame video games for this. And we all know that's not true. The kid has family issues, he has mental health issues, he has educational issues. That is the problem. But it's so easy to make a demon out of video games. Oh, did you know he plays Stardew Valley? He, he plays Stardew Valley. He, he's going to go in. A bunch of trees. And Stardew Valley. Wait. Start a farm. No, it's not the way it works. It's fucking stupid. It's a dumb argument by dumb people that just want a piece of the pie that video games make. Okay. Jack Thompson, this guy up here, this Jack, Jack Thompson, he made a name for himself saying that Grand Theft Auto was creating all this crime. Didn't he get disbarred? And he was, bad. And he was, kind of, he was a little bit ahead of his time. Okay. 
is starting to feel like it's getting more ramped up and amped up. And then it was ridiculous. Now it's even more ridiculous. But it's there. And I think that is a huge fucking beef. I'm sick of hearing about it. Y'all are wrong. Okay? You're not right. So just shut up. Education. Family. And uh, mental health. Those are the things to focus on. Those are the things that are going to fix this problem. Not banning Mario. Ban Mario! So that's the first beef. Second beef. Sports fans that don't get Twitch. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. I have friends that watch sports, play video games. They love sports. We're, we're talking hockey, soccer, football, boxing, any of that stuff. And they, they love to go to the games and watch. And you'll ask them what they're doing. And, oh, man, I'm just watching the game, watching baseball. And that's fine. But when you tell them, oh, what, what were you doing last night? Well, I was actually watching you know, Overwatch League competitive esports or I was just watching Shroud man I love watching PUBG and, and, and seeing what people are doing it's crazy what these guys can do I could never do that that's why I like watching Twitch and they try and tell you that hey that's stupid you're watching someone play a video game why don't you just play yourself I don't know dude why don't you go box yourself why don't you go drive a race car yourself why don't you go play baseball I don't, don't know. You go Maybe because it's fun. NBA. Maybe because it's something that I couldn't do without hundreds and hundreds of hours of practice and skill. So that's why this week, sports fans, y'all are the beef. Okay? You suck. Knock it the fuck off. I don't understand why you can say that you're a sports fan and you love watching sports, but it's ridiculous that someone would watch someone else play a video game. All you're doing is watching someone move a ball up and down in the field and cheering and getting crazy. And then when I watch someone click a mouse, oops, it's too hard there. That makes it <laughs> Best oh, part of the video. Come on. Come on. Wrong argument. Sports fans, get on the bandwagon. It's coming anyway, okay? Esports is coming. Twitch is it's blowing up. There's Mixer, there's YouTube, there's all kinds of other game channels. Everyone's watching everyone do other stuff because it's entertaining, it's fun, and it's engaging. At least when you watch Twitch, if I want to, I can interact with what's going on in the chat room or on the screen with the, the actual entertainer. Uh, if you want to get LeBron James' attention, <laughs> but he kicked it ain't happening. You're not on his radar, okay? He doesn't care. There's no avenue for you to interact with that. And at the end of the day, we're doing the same thing. It's just one's you know, socially acceptable when video games aren't. Maybe because these assholes are saying they're causing violent people. It's wrong, but that's what's going on. That's why you guys are both the beef. So, commentators, guests, Jimmy, James, I want to know, what do you guys think? Which is the beefier? There is a right answer. We're going to get to it right after this, but first I want to hear what you guys have to say. So let me hear it. Take it away, Jimmy. Take it away, James. Let's go. Let's hear it. All right. I like how he said there is a right answer. There is a right answer. Oh, like, shit. Oh, no, pre- we better not get this wrong. <laughs> the pressure's on. We better, uh, we can't disappoint him. So, um, uh, so on the first one, I remember when all that happened. And, uh, it's funny because the world works in cycles and it's always, no one ever wants to take responsibility for any of that shit, right? Like, parents don't want to say oh we raised an asshole like 
And so it's so much easier for them to just point at and say, that's the problem over there. It wasn't me. I'm a good parent, right? And it's been generation to generation. It's always been something. Whether it's TV, whether it's rock and roll, whether it's video games. I mean, when Columbine happened, right, it was Marilyn Manson. There was all of this outrage about how, oh, the guys who did Columbine, they listened to Marilyn Manson, and this music incites violence. And, uh, you know, there's that infamous interview he did on uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly's show where he's like, yeah, like, who, who, who's talking? To, and Marilyn Manson made him look like an idiot because he's like, who's talking about the parents? Who's talking about, like, you know, all these other issues that these kids are dealing with? Like, he made so many poignant, like, Marilyn Manson was so well-spoken. I think he, like, Bill O'Reilly thought he was just going to, like, pigeonhole him or, like, put him in a corner or whatever. And Marilyn Manson, like, had a perfectly legitimate argument for every point that he made and made him look like an idiot because that's the truth. Like Mashiv said, it comes down to, you know, parenting. It comes down to mental health, uh, education. You know, like, a lot of these kids are just fucking not being raised by their parents. And they're being bullied and they're being grinded through a system where, you know, all that matters is test scores and, and popularity and extracurricular activities. And if you don't, if you're not good at those, then you're not good at life. And like, yeah, that's going to push some people over the edge if we don't solve those problems. So I 100% agree. I might lean towards that one being the bigger beef only because it has higher social ramifications. Uh, it has more consequences because of people believing that way about video games causing violence. Mm-hmm. James, what do you think? It's a very difficult subject because it's like you said, people push the blame on games because it's easy. It's the third party that can't really defend itself because Grand Theft Auto can't defend itself. But like just looking at my family, it's funny thinking about it because it's like I'm the oldest brother, so I'm like different from my younger brothers and then looking at my three younger ones they're all different in the ways they interact with video games and you can kind of gauge like where violence comes from because the the oldest one of the three he loves rainbow six siege and when he dies he yells at the screen like he's angry like the game was bullshit and then the other two they're twins and even though they're twins their interests are so like polarized the the older one he loves overwatch He'll, that's like his main FPS. That's that's the one he gets. And then the other one loves Fortnite. He doesn't mess around with Rainbow Six, and he doesn't mess around with Overwatch because he's like he's just different that way. But it's like out of the three of them, the one that plays Rainbow is more violent. But is it because of the game? Because even without the game, he's still violent. Because I live with him. I, I see this all, all the time. <laughs> But it's like an outsider's perspective, like, why is this one more violent? He plays the more realistic, violent video game. It's obviously that one. Right. Right. It's the whole causation, correlation versus causation, right? Mm -hmm. The opposite could actually be true. Maybe he's drawn to that game because he has more violent tendencies, right? Yeah, I, I remember seeing it was, it was video games don't make people violent human fascination with violence makes violent video games right they make the games because they sell right it's not because they're trying to promote violence it's because people are fascinated like how many before video games were ever a thing ever how many world war ii movies were made since world war ii 
There's hundreds of them. Right? Like, it's just, it's the human fascination with that shit. And it, just like anything else, I mean, hu- there's a human fascination with extremes in general. Whether it's violence, whether it's sexuality, whether it's morality, whether it's religion, whether it's, you know, awkward drama situations. Like, the extremes of the human experience are compelling, period. And so, yeah, that's that's going to sell. But is that, co- is that is that fueling it? Is that making it more? I would I'm actually interested in the su- the studies that have come out that have shown some evidence that the opposite is true. That because we have these avenues, these ways of uh experiencing or um uh acting out or venting these tendencies People are actually less likely, like, you know, because I can log on to CSGO and shoot a hundred people or terrorists or whatever. And, you know, when I get home from work and I'm mad or whatever, I can like, I can let out some of that aggression on a video game, which doesn't hurt anyone unless I get on my microphone and, you know, yell racial slurs. But like, the bully hunters in here. But like, I would, I would almost lean towards like, I've actually read a few like really interesting articles about how. All of these multimedia tools that we have are actually making people less violent. But you have to be careful with that too, because you don't want a subdued society. It's a it's it's a problem in the opposite, where like everyone's getting those dopamine fixes from from Facebook and from video games, and so no one's actually out fighting for a cause, right? Like, yep, that's also true. Like, it's kind of a weird double-edged sword dichotomy like it's it's a really weird situation that we're in like with all that facebook stuff going on with cambridge analytica and stuff like they know that that stuff works on a subconscious dopamine level and so there's a lot of people who you know in the 70s might have been marching on washington well now they're playing candy crush like they they just sit in their bubble and get their dopamine fix and they don't ever like they never create anything they never fight for anything they just you know they're they're the opposite of violent they're subdued which is also dangerous so i don't know it's kind of the the i'm more concerned about that i'm more concerned about the counter argument right i don't know that's my opinion and as far as the whole sport non-gamers like sports fans versus gamers thing uh i agree with that but i think that's just a matter of social conditioning and uh the generation gap in general mm-hmm. you know like rock and roll like rock and roll is played on the oldies stations now but like you go back to the the 50s and 60s and 70s rock, rock and roll was revolutionary you know, there were parents who were kicking kids out of their house because they were listening to rock and roll music. I mean, and and now it's like, you know, 70-year-olds listen to their oldies. And that just comes with time, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's as big of an issue, personally. I think as, as the next generation who was raised in it. Because when video games came out, it's kind of funny. It kind of went like this, right? Because when video games first came out, it wasn't little kids that were playing them. You had like, I mean, it was maybe teenagers, but there was a lot of older people. Like when Pong came out, my dad was telling me like in the 70s, like those games were not 
they were for I mean obviously they kind of ended up going more towards like kids like it, it naturally was kind of looked at as a game but like arcades weren't filled with like 10 year olds initially like he's like yeah I remember like I you know I was I was 19 and you know I was I was hitting up the arcades even when I even when he was hitting up the clubs he was also hitting up the arcades like it wasn't just for kids but then like obviously once once parents learn that they could just you know buy a Nintendo as a babysitter and and then like the whole market kind of moved that way and a lot of the marketing and like you know obviously they appealed to kids and stuff so socially for a long time it was childish like for most of my youth it was something kids do and oh he'll like once you hit a certain age you don't play video games anymore and i think that a lot of that was propagated by religion i was raised mormon and if i like i still played games as an adult but i would never admit that like in church if I was ever in a social environment where I and I would be like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, what do you do for fun? Oh, I play drums and, uh, you know, I play Counter-Strike. Well, what's that? Oh, it's a video game. I, I play, you know, I play online. Oh, you play video games like still like like that, like still like that was a question like, oh, you're like, oh, so you're not an adult. Like still like, you're are you a grown man or a child? Sir? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In, 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 in the Mormon culture, I was very, very much like shunned for my hobbies for a long time so but i don't think i think that's just a matter of time mm-hmm. i don't I, yeah I, don't... I think especially like like just looking at my siblings that don't even watch like tv a lot they're always like watching like youtube videos and live streams is definitely gonna come like if it's not this generation it's gonna be the next one i think right now for a lot of people it's mostly because they see stuff that's physical and they they can associate better with it like what you have to go through to do it because they see like high school teenager grows up and now they're like these big beefy like football players but then like a lot of esports guys they're just they look like your average joe it's like how is he any different from me so obviously i could play a video game how's that any different right but then it's that it's the same extreme like you can go out and play football with your friends doesn't mean you can compete NFL. It's the same way. You can go and play a game on your Xbox. Doesn't mean you could compete with the guys that do it 16 hours a day. Right. Hello, Mrs. Dragonburger. Makes a good point. Everyone has a kid in them. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's a really good point to make is that what the fuck does being an adult mean? Right? Like, oh, I have to stop liking the things I used to like? Like, <laughs> you know? Like, Oh, I'm an adult now, so I I can't play Zelda anymore and animes for kids and like I think that that that's that'll die. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but that'll die with the baby boomers. Yeah, I, definitely. As, as morbid or whatever as you want. I mean, it's 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 just a very different mindset. We were raised. I mean, I I remember when I got high speed internet. You pay bills. That's the adult part. I guess that, yeah, I get that's the only rite of passage that really exists in Western society is like, oh, you have to pay rent now. Like, <laughs> but, but even that, I mean, you know, I, I guess you could make that argument, but there's a lot it's of 30 year olds still living in their I parents' house. It's like once I graduate, it's like phone bill, rent, 
electricity, internet, all these expenses pop up that are no longer handled by my parents. Well, that's a whole nother argument, like the whole rite of passage thing. Like I, and, and you know, there's a whole, there's a whole series I listened to that talks about how that's part of the reason that Western society is so fucked up is because we have no rite of passage. There's Mm -hmm. no, there's no clear cut line when it says, Hey, you're an adult now. You got to start doing this stuff. Yeah, because it's like, okay, we're going to say, when you start drinking, you're an adult. It's like, what about the, the 12-year-olds that were doing that? Okay, it's <laughs> when you're having sex, what about the 12-year-olds that were doing that? <laughs> right, right, it's exactly. Like, people will always do anything, no matter like what the parents say. Well, and I think that's one advantage that some religious organizations have, because, you know, like... Uh, you know, in the Jewish faith, there's certain like specific events, you know, whether it's the bar mitzvah or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. in, cer- in certain cultural like, you know, you're you're uh, Hispanic. You've got the quinceanera. You've got like, yep. you know, there there are specific uh, landmarks that say, OK, now they now you've moved on to the next stage of of life, of maturity, of all that stuff. I had the advantage in the Mormon church. For me, it was my mission. In the Mormon church for men, it's basically you're not a man until you go on a mission for two years and come back. And then you come back and everyone, oh, he was gone for two. Now he's back. He had all these experiences because I went to Brazil. So it's like, oh, shit. Like he lived on it. You know, he went and did a mission in Brazil for two years. He's a man now. And like woman look at you different and everything. Like there's a huge rite of passage in the Mormon church. So like. I think because of the absence of that, though, for general like Western culture, unless you're a part of one of those specific groups, it's very blurry. So, like, who's to say when you should or should not stop doing something or start doing something? And is that good or is that bad? I don't know. Like, I'm just putting it out there. Like, there's no rite of passage. So a lot of people now are just like, fuck you. I love anime. I like hentai. I like playing video games. I like watching people play video games. This is my life. Who are you to say what I do and don't do? So, I mean, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But What's the di- baseball league? What is that called? What's the acronym? The what? Oh. What's the uh, acronym for the MLB? Baseball? MLB, that's it. Major League Baseball? That's it. Yeah, here we go. I'm about to link this article because I just remembered this about, like, on the topic of these, like, OG, like, what's, like, we watch sports versus esports. It was this whole issue that the that Fortnite addiction is an issue for Major League Baseball because the <laughs> ma- baseball players are playing too much Fortnite. Oh, yeah, I saw a clip uh, where some baseball players were playing Fortnite on a, uh, like, a Megatron, like, on the... Yeah. I saw that. Oh, you linked it. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to, I mean, we can probably talk about this for hours, but for me personally, I, if I were to say which one's the bigger issue, I think as far as social ramifications and actual like real world consequences, I would say that the whole, um, non gamers looking at video games and seeing them as violent and, and seeing them as a negative influence that probably has more real world consequences mm-hmm. than than sports fans who don't fucking get it i mean because you already had you're already seeing that transition i was gonna bring up uh rick fox like oh yeah 
Rick, League of Legends team. Rick Rick Fox owns a League of Legends team. He was smart and he's a he's a pro basketball player, but he sees it. He sees the future. Like those who are open minded enough to say, "Oh shit!" Like that turn that was a multi million dollar tournament at the Staples Center. There's like he sees that shit's changing. So he built a fucking League of Legends team, right? Mm-hmm. And then like, he tries to understand. He plays the game itself with his son because he saw his right. son was playing it. Well, then you've got celebrities like The Rock. You know, he's come out and talked about. Uh, no, it wasn't The Rock. Terry Crews. Oh, I just made the most terrible fucking mistake. <laughs> I can. I. I Is it Terry- because they're both big buff men. And black. Color. That's why that yes, that was a terrible. That, what is the other one? Samuel L. Jackson always gets mad because people think he's. Uh, uh, I know who you're talking about. I don't remember his name. Anyway, but I also always call him Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, but anyway, Terry Terry Crews. Um, there's a really cool YouTube video where he talks about how like his son was like super into video games and super into computers and all this stuff. And at first he was like, nah, man, like, let's go, let's go outside. Let's go blah, blah, blah. And then one day he kind of had a, a, like a come to Jesus moment or whatever you yeah, want to call a heart it. Where, to heart with a heart, yeah. Where he was like, this is what I do. This is my passion. And he's like, you know what? Like I need to respect that. And I need to see what this is all about. And so he, he had his son teach him all about technology. Like they built a computer together. They started playing video games together. Like that's happening. And I like, I'm not. So for me that the, the whole point of like sports people or like, you know, whatever, not, not embrace like that's i think that's just a matter of time the violence the violent linking violence to video games is a much larger issue in my personal opinion Mm -hmm. and then i think another thing there's more games coming out that appeal to more people because it's like my girlfriend and her female friends who don't traditionally play video games they'll still sit down and play smash with us because they find it fun it's a game that appeals to them and there's a lot more like that like jackbox games those are the games that appeal to those people that don't traditionally like video games because it's put in a medium that they understand and it's more easy to, to play and the social aspect is great <laughs> gator pete the old spice custom build uh no, no i agree with you um the last point i was gonna make is that like part of the problem too is that people don't quantify all games equally mm-hmm uh, my mom, growing up, she would give me shit for playing too many video games. My dad saw the value in me learning technology and like, I, you know, because I was, I played a lot of Counter-Strike. I was in a clan. We played competitively. Because of that, I learned how to make web pages. I built my own computer. Uh, you know, like I, I started driving me and my friends to tournaments. So I became more independent. Like there was a number of things that I learned, you know, how to work as a team. My dad saw the value in all that. I got a job at a computer store when I was 15, mostly because I was into video games. My mom would always be like, Oh, he's playing too many of those games. You should go outside. I don't know anyone who plays now. I don't know anyone who plays more like cell phone games than my mom. Like, Candy Crush, whatever, but they don't see those as the same. They don't put those. It's funny because like people who like play games on their phone or like on Facebook or whatever, for whatever reason, they don't put those games in the same category as console games or PC games. Like phone games are just something to kill time. They're not really games. They're just kind of like time sinks. Mm-hmm. But and I have to point out to her like, hey, how many hours of these? 
cell phone games do you play? You know, like you're giving me shit for playing games for five hours, and like you're on level two thousand and thirty-seven on Candy Crush. Like that—that's not really fair, right? Like. Mm-hmm. But now I think it's time for the reveal. The reveal. It is time. I already have it queued up. I'm gonna switch over to my sheaf view. All right, uh, we'll do one, two, three, go. So hit play on go. Okay, one, two, three, go. And we are back with Sheep's Beef down here at NTRHNBR Network, Sheep Beef Stadium Complex. I'm the Sheep, and this is the Beef. So, we had a chance to talk. We're all talking. I appreciate everyone's commentary and everyone's input. Okay, but there is a right answer and there's a wrong answer. Hold on, hold on. Pause it. Okay, pause. I'm at 22 seconds. Yep, 22. Everyone, right now, uh, for before he reveals, type one in chat if you believe that non-gamers who think games cause violence is the bigger issue. So type one in chat for that. Type two in chat uh, if you think sports fans that don't get Twitch is a bigger issue. Vote now. Zero. <laughs> Suck a butt. <laughs> Come on, guys. Give me real numbers. One or two. Two is the bigger issue for Mashif, in my opinion. Oh, so your your number is the prediction for Mashif, not for which one you personally think. You think Sheaf will say two? (laughs) That's funny. See, I was thinking more on a grand scale. I I personally would say one, the Mm non-gamer violence connection. As I would is. say one because of the thumbnail I saw earlier. Yeah. <laughs> but it could be the fake out. True. All right. We got some we got so we got a lot of people saying one, but they think Mashif will say two. He hates sports, so it's an educated guess. <laughs> Lady Navio going with the scientific approach. He probably catches a lot of shit for watching Twitch. Yeah, probably. So let's see what he says. And this week, the beef. The biggest beef. Non games. Yeah! yeah! These guys are threatening everything that we like to do. Oh, as I'm sorry. I didn't tell you when to hit play. They don't get oh, it. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. I think I hit un- it at the same un- time. Un- educated okay. opinions on it. Because he said yes, yeah, and he can look like everyone. Pre violent or something like that. Like, it's, it's just. It's a problem, okay? We need to have an honest discussion about what's going on in this country. Uh-oh. Hold on. My video's not playing on the stream. Oh, no. Pause it. I'm going to go back. Why isn't that playing? I mean, as long as they got the audio. That's no, we, I want the video. Did why, is, why did it not refresh? We have an issue. It's like not refreshing at all. Hold on. All right. Uh, let's go back to where we were because we were talking. Let's go back to 22 seconds. Okay. Ready? Yep. One, two, three, go. And this week, the beef, the biggest beef, non games. Okay. These guys are threatening everything that we like to do as a hobby, as entertainment. They don't get it. They have un- un- 
educated opinions on it, and it's dangerous because they're making it look like everyone's a criminal or pre-violent or something like that. Like, it's, it's just, it's a problem, okay? We need to have an honest discussion about what's going on in this country, what's creating all these issues, and the honest discussion does not include people playing video games. Because let's be honest, if it did, we'd all be doctors or lawyers or, uh, you know, go-kart drivers because go -kart I play Mario Kart because I play Phoenix Wright Attorney at Law because I, I like to play Mario Brothers or whatever. Like, it's, it's dumb, right? It doesn't happen that way. They're not simulators. There are simulators. I play them. I stream them. And even those are shitty simulators, okay? American Truck Simulator is one of the funnest games that I have. Farm Simulator is fun. That dumb police simulator game that I was, I was uh, streaming the other day. They're simulators, but they're games. Yeah, There's I play roguelikes. I've, I've really died 2,000 times. Just, oh, and they're a live hero? <laughs> and if you told Jimi Hendrix that you learned the guitar because you were pushing buttons on the Guitar Hero, he'd laugh at you, and you'd be wrong. Because what you did is you got an interest, and then you went and picked up a real guitar and learned how to play. And that's what what is the biggest beat this week. So, congratulations to everyone that was right. I appreciate all the input. To all the losers, you get a cracky. Okay. Have a good one. I hope you enjoyed Chiefs Beef. We will see you next Wednesday. Yes, I love it. I'm going to make him do that every week now. <laughs> he can't escape it. He has made his bed, and now he must sleep in it. I want one of those always. I'm Jesus because I've respawned multiple times. <laughs> nice yeah, one, I've died. I've died a lot. That was awesome. I think he did a good job. for For the first like pre-recorded Chiefs beef, I think that was really well done, and that was a lot of fun. He gave us two things to even like contemplate and vote on. Mm-hmm. So, was there any other gaming stuff that we... I think that we covered most of the gaming topics we wanted to talk about this week. I've got a number of music topics I want to talk about. So, if you have any gaming stuff, we should get that out of the way now. Uh, not really. Haven't played a lot of new stuff this week. So, now that there's more people here, I will reiterate. Everyone needs to go play Wizard of Legend. It's only $15 and it's badass. You should all play it. Mashiv's new career is beefing. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm this is I'm having a lot of fun with this by the way. Are are my overlays even on? I don't think they are. Has anyone yeah, tried to Yeah, I don't to... think they were because I looked gonna... over at uh, the Discord and you got hosted for 15 viewers. Like, Did anything pop up? I wonder what's up with my... Let's do a quick test. Yeah, it was at 740 when KittyCast hosted for 15 viewers. I think it was an auto-host though. Yeah, but for 15 though? I don't have a notification for auto-hosts. <laughs> then yeah, it might have been auto -host. Oh, no, they're working. I just did a test giphy. All right, cool. We're good. Why would you sleep in a bed you've made? Don't you make your bed in the morning when you're starting your day? Before I go, Jimmy, fart if you can see me in chat. 
I wish I dude if I could fart on command, I would not be doing podcasts right now. I'd be on like Howard Stern or some shit. Nice, there you go. So notifications I think are working. Uh I'm pro- I think what I might do for the podcast, I might turn like audio off for the notifications, but we'll see. Oh, so you can see me. Yeah, so let me set the expectation now. Generally during podcasts, especially when we're covering specific topics, it's going to be very conversational between James and I. If you've ever watched a podcast, unfortunately, there generally is not a lot of audience participation. I I intentionally want it to be a discussion with me and James. Every once in a while, we might pull a comment out. Uh, we might, you know, see something you said, and if it's a good point, we'll talk about it. But the format for podcasts is different. Go watch like the H three H three podcasts or like Northern Lion or whatever. There's not there's not a ton of chat interaction. I want your feedback, and I'll ask for it. And when I, you know, I'll interact with you when it's pertinent. But mostly, it's it's kind of more of a a situation where we are because I, I I'm I want this to actually be a podcast. I plan on eventually like syndicate like I want to make an actual podcast like an audio podcast. So if we spend half of the time responding to comments, those who might be actually downloading and listening to it as a podcast will be completely clueless because they don't see your comments. So it's it's a little bit of a different format. I don't want to be an asshole. I don't want to call anyone out. Um, but I want to set that expectation now in the second episode of this podcast that it is a discussion format and any interaction that we have with chat will probably be a little bit different than if I was just streaming on Twitch. So hopefully that doesn't disappoint anyone. We'll still try our best to interact with you guys. Uh, but the general format is me and my co-host James are going to have a number of topics we're going to discuss. We may have a Chiefs Beef section. We may have a guest that we interview, but it's a podcast. We're doing it live on Twitch, but still it is a podcast. So I'll, I'll say that now. Hopefully, maybe we'll clip this or highlight it. So moving forward, that expectation is there. Uh, it's a podcast. So... Cool. Moving on, if we've discussed all of the gaming topics, I have some music topics that I'm super excited about. So I have a couple trailers, I have a couple announcements that I'm really excited about that I want to cover before the general uh, podcast is over. Uh, and then we may we may play a game for a bit and keep the discussion going. There's a special event going on in Minion Masters that we may we may play a couple games of Minion Masters, try and get some keys for you guys. Uh, but number one, let's switch over to our media view. There is a movie coming out called Bohemian Rhapsody. Can you guess hmm. what it's about? Is it about? It's about I was one of my make a joke, but I I couldn't I couldn't name a country in time. <laughs> it's about. Queen! Ah, of England. (laughs) The band Queen, Mm -hmm. uh, who is, you know, their most famous song is Bohemian Rhapsody. For those who, I I mean, if you don't know that, you know, I feel sorry for you. 
go listen to the song. It's a great song. So, a little history. This movie has been in the works for a long time. They Originally, they had a script, they had a director, and they had approached Sasha Baron Cohen to play the main role of Freddie Mercury. But he read the script and he said, I don't like... So, the original script, I don't know if this new script is the same. The original script... Freddie Mercury dies halfway through the movie because they wanted the whole second half of the movie to be basically about like the band struggles and continuing as Queen without Freddie Mercury. Like they wanted it to be a full history of Queen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen objected to that and he said, look, Queen died when Freddie Mercury died and this movie needs to be about Freddie Mercury and his life and his struggles as a closeted gay man, his, his, uh, extravagancies and his persona and his parties and everything that, cause Freddie Mercury, like, you know, there's Jimmy, I'm going to have to stop you right there. There's two different opinions. He wasn't a gay man. His sexuality (laughs) was yes. His sexuality. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like he, he was sexually ambiguous uh, in general, but mm-hmm. by today, by by the standards of that time, he would have been labeled as a gay man. Yeah, uh, he he contracted you know sexually transmitted diseases as a result of his lifestyle. That people would claim that like, oh well, you know, like anyway. Long story short, Sasha Baron Cohen felt that the focus should have been. Uh, on him because there there's two mindsets there like a lot of people say the queen died when he died like there there's no there's no queen without freddie mercury uh which i might tend to lean towards that i might tend to agree with that um so he had disagreements he eventually decided not to take the project and eventually the director even was fired or replaced or whatever so this is probably a very different movie from what was originally like intended. And uh, in place of Sasha Baron Cohen is uh, Malik. What's his last name? I, 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 have a, I always murder his Not name. Not Malik. <laughs> it's, we got uh, good old Mr. Robot, Rami Malik. Rami Malik. I, 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 I spoonerized his name. I wanted to yes. say Malik Rammel. Uh, yes, which I love. He's a great actor, but he's he's a little bit typecast as like kind of like an awkward. Uh, I don't know. I, I yeah. he's a great he's a good actor. I don't know as singing wise where he's at, but I I was actually really excited when I heard about Sasha Baron Cohen playing him because Sasha Baron Cohen can sing and he can act. He's been in a number of musicals. Yeah, he's mostly a comedic guy, and that's a discussion I had with Frongo. But uh, he's he's a great actor, great singer. I really hope that Rommel Malik, is that how you say it? Yeah, uh, Rami Malik. Rami, Rami oh. Malik. I, I really hope that he can fit the persona. I mean, because Freddie Mercury had such a larger-than-life persona. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's watch the trailer and you guys decide. I'm really excited about it. I'm a huge fan of Queen. I own like four of their uh I'm I'm 
The one thing that I'm a super hipster about, I own a lot of vinyl. We have a small vinyl collection. <laughs> uh, and uh, I own various... By the way, for those who don't know, one of their most famous inserts for one of their vinyls, I can't even show you on stream. They have that famous song, Bicycles, and they always talk about fat bottom girls. <laughs> one of the foldouts for one of their vinyls is literally like 2,000 women naked on bicycles. Like completely naked. Huh. And it's one of my prized possessions because I have a, one of the original prints with the original insert. It's not a reprint. Uh, from like 70 whatever, 60 whatever when it came out. And uh, Lady Navio agrees that we should frame it and put it on our wall. It's art. It's one of the greatest. Yeah, it's awesome. I wish I could show it to you guys, but I would get banned on Twitch. Anyway, let's watch the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. I'm super excited about it. Hi, it's copyright content. I don't know. I I feel like... That whole larger-than-life rock persona, I don't know if it could ever exist today. And it's such, like, a compelling, like, I don't know, like, Freddie Mercury, when you watch some of those clips from some of the live performances that he did, in f like, in front of a sea of people, and it's just, like, so incredible, like, I, I don't know. I know there's music festivals, and there's, like, you know, you know, EDM and all this shit, but, like, one person just commanding like hundreds of thousands of people and just like having the power to just, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know if there will ever be another Freddie Mercury or Michael Jackson or whatever. Like I, the way, the way time. Yeah. Like that, you know, like now with the internet and the way everything is now, I don't know if that could ever happen again. So that stuff is really compelling to me. So I'm really excited about this movie. Uh, I think, uh, Hopefully they can capture that uh, that magic. Another one that I'm very excited about is uh, let's see if I can get this right the first time. Where is it? Guess who just announced a new album? Could it possibly be the Tenacious D? It is. I'm trying to find the original uh, video. It's like a really shitty like animated video that they made. Uh, Ninja commands an audience of 100 to 200K daily. One guy, not even a group. Yeah, but that's virtually. Not to knock virtual like audiences but like i don't know it's just so I, there's got like there's something so visceral and raw about just I, I, there's a lot of like really good high def quality live performances of queen on youtube i recommend watching some of them because there's nothing like it and it's the difference of anyone can sign into their computer and watch him it's another thing to spend the money Required to travel, the ticket, hotel. If you're not, if you don't, if you don't live there, and then go there and be there in person. Yeah, exactly. What he said. Hold on, I'm trying to find this fucking tenacious D clip. I could have sworn I posted it. I had a bunch of links saved. Now I can't find it. 
Anyway, uh, Tenacious D, they, uh, they hinted a new song and then they announced. So here's the video of their, like, the first time they ever, like, previewed a new song at a live show. And it's only the beginning of the song. But they had a video that they just came out with. I gotta find it. Their last album came out, uh, it's been like four years since they've like, released new music. Kevin Hart commands huge audiences live. I'm not saying that people don't exist that command huge audiences, but I challenge you to go watch. Like, uh, you can just look it up. Like, look up Queen... I Def Live. Okay, Jimmy, I think this is the, the video you were talking about. Is it the animated one? Did you link it? Yeah, Discord came out yesterday. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, we'll watch that real quick. Fuck. Oh, I always copy the colon on accident. There you go. <laughs> Fuck. We gotta pay the rent. Well... I guess we have to write another album. Ugh, dude, that's going to take us like five more years. Oh, we are fucked. We are so fucked. <laughs> dude, we are so fucked. Or are we? <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Cage? What you got? <laughs> Apocalypto, this is our time to shine. Tenacious D has got to shine. Yeah, that's tell the one. Tell me why ain't nothing but a mistake. And tell me why. You know, in the studio, a lot of people don't know this, but David Grohl did most of their drums. Oh, did he? On their on their album, <laughs> yeah. Like he's a huge fan of Tenacious D, and he's like a really good friend with them. He's only performed live with them a few times. They have another drummer that they use for their live performances, but David Grohl like has worked with them a lot. He plays he plays Satan in the Pick of Destiny. Oh, does he? Yeah, in the in that big old like guitar rock off battle at the end, like that's David Grohl dressed up as Satan. So that's I mean that's saying something. See, because I, I I haven't heard like all their music because kind of before my time, but I remember my aunt she would tell me about them because she was like, "Have you heard the song Kickapoo?" And I was like, "What?" She was like, yeah, it's by Tenacious D. And I was like, huh? She's like, you know Jack Black. I was like, I do. Well, and a lot of people, like, they, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, interview footage with other bands where they, like, give props and, like, mad respect to Tenacious D. Because, like, even though they're kind of like a comedy whatever, like, they're actually extremely talented musicians and they – have a like deep respect for rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I have to play this. Look at this.
audience? Like, I want to, I want to get a shot of. Like, you can't even, you can't even fathom, like the sea of people. I mean, I don't want to like sit here and watch this whole clip. God, look at that. The entire audience is like perfectly in sync with everything that he's doing. He has completely hypnotized and complete control of that audience. Like, I don't know. I I'm I'm kind of bummed that I'll never get to see a band like me. I just, I don't think, like you said, it's a different time. I don't think that exists anymore. Yeah, there could be, a, there could definitely be another band that does what they say and has the same pull, but it's just the environment and what's it called? The, not governments. The social space that exists now is just right. so different from what the 80s and the 90s and all that time was. Like, uh, just look at that, dude. That's all human bodies, all singing along and perfectly in sync with one dude on a stage. Just, ah, it's crazy, dude. I don't know. I love rock and roll, so I could I could sit here and fantasize about that shit all day. That being said, uh, a couple of the things that I want to mention before we, uh, uh, I don't know. We might move on to mini masters. We might end the show. I don't know at this point. But uh, um, there's a band called The Struts. I'm actually a moderator for The Struts subreddit. I'm a moderator for a bunch of small subreddits, even though I don't do shit. I'm a moderator for the Minion Master subreddit. I did oh, all their I did all their CSS and then I never touched it again after <laughs> that. Um The Struts. I'm a moderator for that subreddit because I think the Struts, if there was ever a band that could recapture what Queen captured as as far as like live energy and performance and just like raw whatever. Because I've seen their live stuff, I've seen their acoustic stuff, I've seen a lot of their... Uh, the struts are pretty damn close. Almost too close. I feel like they're trying to be Queen at times. Like, even the lead singer, kind of like his his fashion style and everything, he looks a lot like Freddie Mercury did mm. in his more flamboyant days. Um, There's also Greta Von... Has anyone ever heard of Greta Von Fleet? I think no. that uh, what is it, am I saying that right? Possibly. See, I'm more of a flavor of the month, whatever is like new and everyone else is listening to type of guy. Nah, I I can't. I'm I'm so deeply rooted in rock and roll. Just I I blame my dad. But uh, there's a band called Greta Von Fleet. If anyone is a fan of Led Zeppelin, and you've always said to yourself, man. I wish there was like a modern day version of Led Zeppelin. 
Greta Von Fleet is literally like if Led Zeppelin died and was reincarnated. They are again. I I almost accuse them of being too much like Led Zeppelin. It almost feels like they're doing it on purpose. So those are two bands that I would definitely ch- recommend checking out uh, if you're into like just some old school like '70s rock, like '60s and '70s rock and roll. And then, of course, one more that I have to mention that I'm really so. Oh, by the way, uh, the new um, Arctic Monkeys album. So far, I'm disappointed. Oh no. And Lady Navio is probably the largest Arctic Monkeys fan in the world. She's also disappointed. Oh, that can't be good. Yeah. All the Reddit posts I saw were so hyped. Uh, there's if you if you read down in the comments, there's some mixed reviews. But that being said, every album they come out with is very different, and all their all their fans complain at first that they're different, and then they all fall in love with them over again. So we'll see. I'm gonna give it like six months, and we'll see if people are still complaining about the Arctic Monkeys album. I have a feeling everyone's just gonna be like, "Oh, just kidding." I listened to it five more times, and it's amazing. It's a masterpiece. So. Which I think is good. Like a band should reinvent themselves. I think it's important. Uh, that being said, last thing I'm going to mention, my favorite band of all times, if anyone's been around my stream since the beginning, there's one band that I think rocks harder than anyone on the planet, and they have announced that they're coming out with... <laughs> Lady Navio comes back and says, nope, still sucks. She listened to it multiple times. She's listened to it like five times. So She is dead set in that opinion. The in my in my opinion, the greatest rock band in modern times that nobody that not enough people know about, and everyone needs to go listen to their shit on Spotify, buy their albums, download them, support them, is a band called Parlor Mob because they're not trying to be like anyone; they just fucking rock. And they have announced recently that they are coming out with a new album. They're going to be touring. They're they're a rock and roll band from Jersey. Uh, and we saw them live once lady Navio and I took a trip to San Diego and stayed in San Diego for like two or three days just so we could see parlor mob live. And, uh, it was probably one of the best live shows I've ever been to. It was just face melting, just pure energy, like true rock and roll, just them doing it because they want to fucking do it. You know? So I, uh, my pl- that's my plug. Check out Parlor Mob, the Parlor Mob. I'll pull it up here on the media view. I'll play a couple seconds of uh, one of their mo- more popular songs, "Into the Sun." Holy shit! It's a copyright. Yeah. God, like their song. Like okay, I gotta play one more before before we end the music segment. Uh. We gotta. I. This is. This song just is. Fair use is for babies. I don't know. Like ah, they just fucking rock. Just. I don't know. I feel like there's no. There's no like. It's not like some poppy hooks. It's just like. Mm-hmm. Just straight rock, like rock and roll. Not uh, nothing fancy or tricky about it. It's well recorded, well rehearsed. Makes me want to sing along and dance and move and makes me want to pull out a drum set and play drums. 
Mm -hmm. which I haven't done in years. I don't know. You have not. Not in that apartment. So anyway, uh, the parlor mob, they look, look out for them. Their next album is probably going to be coming out soon and they'll be touring. I, I really hope that they get more recognition and respect. Hmm. So, you know what I wish for Daft Punk to actually put out some new music. Yeah. They keep collabing with people, but it's like, but that's their MO though. Like they'll, there's like giant gaps between all of their, their music. Yeah. And it, it's, it's always so good. Oh. It's like, I like the stuff that they did in random access memories. That was great. I loved random all access those. Memories is awesome. I, I like what they're doing with the weekend, but it's like, I want a full length album, maybe similar to Ram, you know, collapse more or maybe just them, but I want, I need something. Yeah. That, but that's that's kind of the fate of a lot of music musical groups, especially the super talented ones. Is eventually, if they're too good, they just start going on to produce shit and they stop making mm-hmm. shit. And it, it's unfortunate because yeah, I I a hundred percent agree. I love Daft Punk. So along that same vein, why the fuck won't they play more than two spots in the United States when they tour? Like I'm not about to spend four hundred dollars to fly to Texas to watch them play. Like it's when they tour, like their their U.S. dates are so few, and everybody here, like they might come here every five years, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna play Texas and uh, New York." And it's like, really, dude? Like half of the United States lives in California, and you're not gonna yeah. like put at least one date in Cal, like somewhere, like. That's one band that I would love to see live before I die. Just all the mm-hmm. all the stuff like from their Alive tour that I've seen like on YouTube and stuff. Uh, like that's got to be an insane experience to see them live. So I'm 100% on board with you as far as as uh like, like I remember I w- I was listening to their music. I forgot one, but then I remembered later on the the Tron Legacy movie came out. And I didn't know who had done the soundtrack. So as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, wow, this music is so good. Like, who made this? And then background cameo, who, sure who is it DJing? Daft Punk? In full chrome. And I'm like, that's why it was so good. It fit yeah. the movie so well. In fact, that's their, isn't that their latest original stuff? Or did Random Access Memories come out after that? Yeah, Ram came after. But have you listened... Have you listened to the uh have you listened to the Tron remixed or Tron uh r- there's a there's a whole entire album that's all the Tron songs re uh it's like all remixed and covers not I've, recently but I have I've, heard some of it I I forget what it's called it's really good I like when bands do that Tool did that with one of their albums they uh which one was it? They had a they had a full album that they came out with, and then they released the master tracks of the entire album, and they let their uh, they let their audience create a bunch of uh, covers. I'm saying Tool, and it's Nine Inch Nails. I totally, am, <laughs> completely, hundred percent wrong. Uh, Nine Inch Nails. I'm gonna look up which album it was. It was not Ghost Year Zero. So they came out with an album in 2007 called Year Zero, mm-hmm. and then uh, 
they released all of the master tracks, so all the tracking and all of the like everything that they had basically for that album, for so the individual tracks, the master recordings and everything to the to their audience online and they basically let everyone use that to create new songs or just remix and remaster and and whatnot and then they came out with an album later that same year called year zero remixed and in my opinion year zero remixed is like one of my favorite nine inch nails albums because it's just like all these really crazy community made like homages to nine inch nails especially uh the great destroyer if you go look up year zero uh nine inch nails year zero remixed and it's spelled really bad <laughs> uh i should just copy it and share it i'm gonna post it in chat because you'll never spell it right I but probably the, uh, the Great Destroyer uh, remix that on that album oh, is, God. yeah, it's it's stupid. The Great Destroyer, I think it's the second song on that album, is just like incredible, and it was like a remix that if you know. So what they did is they, like they basically let people submit their remixes, and then they compiled them and got permission from everyone to release them as an album. Mm-hmm. See that? That's very interesting that they would do that. Uh, well, a few bands have done that. Uh, what's the one who did uh, the crawling in my skin? Uh, Lincoln Park. Yeah, that, that's Lincoln Park. They did the same thing. They have oh, a co- they? yeah. Uh, it's called. Uh... Let me find it. Uh, what's it called? God, they have so many albums. Reanimation. So Reanimation is an album that Linkin Park put out that was basically a, a whole shit ton of remixes that other people did of their music. And some of them are really good. Came out in 2002. I can link that one hmm. as well. If you don't have Spotify, come on. I have Spotify. <laughs> I know. That's I was more talking computer. to the audience. Because that's, I mean, it's so easy to look shit up. Yeah, it came out in 2002. Uh, and there's some great tracks on that one. So there you go. There's some music recommendations. Go check out Parlor Mob. Go check out uh, The Struts. Maybe some uh, Nine Inch Nails Year Zero remixed. Uh, go check out some uh, the uh, remix album of. Uh, Daft Punk, the uh, Tron remixed album is really good. I need to actually listen to the Tron album again. Because my girlfriend bought me the the Ram CD when it came out. So I've had that all this time. It's a great album. I mean, it was so... they. It was cool because they, they built their career early on on sampling other people. Mm-hmm. And then their their goal on specifically on that album was to not sample, was to create the next generation of sounds that people will sample. Like that mm-hmm. was their goal. So they worked with a lot of the greats from like the 60s and 70s and 80s that made a lot of those iconic sounds. 
and that was that was kind of like what they were going for is like oh okay we're gonna we're gonna work with so like if you if you listen it's fun to li- did you listen to the interviews that whole album they released of like all the commentary for that album yeah I did yeah because really- after I after I listened to to Giorgio I was like oh who is this guy like because they had all that exposition at the beginning right it's like I want to make a sound of the future. So I put the click on the 28 track. Right. And then it goes from there. Yep. Exactly. And like that, I mean, that's what they were trying to do. They were basically like, okay, we built this career of sampling other people. So let's make our, let's make our original album that is going, that people will use from this point forward as the next generation of samples. So mm-hmm. they, they sat down with musicians in the studio and recorded original content. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why it's, I don't know, it's, I commend them for that because it was so different than everything they'd done before. But I'm waiting mm-hmm. for and the... all re- the songs themselves are so different as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm that, waiting for them to release great. their remix of that album. <laughs> where's, <laughs> where's Random Access Memories remixed? Sample your own shit and give us more. I could definitely use some of that. Yeah. All right. Well, I was going to say let's play some Minion Masters, but I got to... What do you think? How you feeling? Yeah, I could possibly do it, but my brother also looked like he was ready to go to sleep. <laughs> He's like, dude, are you, are you sharing a, a room while you're at home with your folks? Yeah. Normally, the bed I'm on is my brother's. But he's sleeping in my grandma's room instead because okay. her bed is like much nicer and she's not here right now. So nice. he was like, oh, cool. Take the bed. I'll go sleep in there. So for those who don't know, uh, when when James isn't halfway across the United States, he's at home with his family in California. Mm-hmm. He's a college student. So now that uh, now that school's out, he's back at home with the fam. The fam band. Yep. If you go watch the first episode, you can hear his brother playing. Uh, what are they? Were they playing Fortnite in the background half the time? Yeah, he was playing Fortnite. Yeah, so. Been a destiny too. So yeah, maybe we'll just call it a night then. This has been a solid three-hour podcast. Chiefs beef, I feel like, was a grand success, and I hope to continue that tradition. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. He, that, was, he, that was good. He set the bar too high. Now he's gonna have to do it every week. Now they're Maybe. all going to have to be animated. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe every other week. And I want a different animated background every time. No, it, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I, li- I, liked, I really liked the idea of having two different topical issues for us to like debate. Mm-hmm. That was cool. So thanks to anyone who's still out there lurking and watching. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, we're, this is a learning experience for all of us. This is podcast number two <laughs> of hopefully many more to come in the future. So I uh, hope you guys have a good night, and thank you so much for your support. There were a couple new uh, new faces out there, a couple follows. Make sure you go check out James's uh, YouTube channel. Maybe if he feels so inclined, he can post it in the chat. Uh, I'll leave that up to oh, him. Sure. He also streams occasionally on Twitch. Uh, he's a super nice guy got a super silky sexy voice and he's not too bad on the eyes so go tell all your lady friends that uh, james is out here doing doing podcasts with me uh he's a great co-host i I enjoy talking to him i enjoy all of your interactions again sorry if we're not as active with chat it is a podcast format so hopefully uh we can maybe incorporate some of you in the future 
Uh, Red Marsh was here earlier. He's a streamer that I recently started watching. I might reach out to him to have him as a, as a special guest. I think it'd be fun to, to chat with him. He's a really interesting dude. Uh, so, yeah. That's, our, that's kind of my goal, is to have some guests in the future. I'm a samurai who is one of our founding members of DLC. She was actually recently featured in an article... Uh, online about uh, top female entertainers uh it was a buzzfeed article i was trying to think of the name it was uh she was number two on the list for uh entertaining women to to watch on twitch so i i i'm hoping to get her as a guest soon she is one of the nicest most sincere people she plays a lot of Fortnite lately but she also dabbles in other things she's she's a pseudo variety streamer uh so wholesome yeah, like seriously, like if you're having a bad day, just <laughs> you'll you watch her for like 20 minutes and you'll be puking rainbows. Like even when she's trying to be angry, she still sounds so sweet. Yeah, no, she's great. Uh, also, you know, there's various members of the DLC community that I'd like to have uh, have as guests on the show. Who is this? Uh, we're talking about I'm a samurai. I don't know. I don't know if it'll let me shout her out right now. I think it would. There you go. Uh, go definitely go follow her. And uh, so again, she's one of the uh, founding members. Her and Battle Athlete created the team that I'm on, DLC. She is an engineering student and a super nice person, and very entertaining to watch. And she's always been super supportive of what I'm trying to do here. I want to get her as a guest. That's my goal. One of these days, we're going to keep her up late, and we're going to have her as a guest on the. Uh, on the bucket podcast. Oh, so I, as far as names, I'm still, I'm still open for names. Hit me up with DMs if you got some uh, ideas for put names for the podcast. I, I was thinking because we generally do this at night, maybe we could do something like uh, late night bucket or so you know something kind of to get across the fact that uh, it's a bunch of adults talking about dumb shit late at night. Yep. I was yeah. a reference to like late night HBO. <laughs> Or late night showtime. <laughs> that is one thing I dislike about being on the West Coast right now. I see the phone notification. I'm a samurai went live three hours ago. Yeah. And I'm like, <sighs> I just woke up. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So anyway, thank you guys. Uh, we're going to, we're going to call it a night. Please make sure you, you give me a follow. Give me whatever. Uh, the Discord, yes, please join the Discord. That's what I was gonna say. I was trying to think if there's the link. Come hang out with us. If you have any topics or guests or anything that you'd be interested in uh, discussing in future podcasts, I would love to hear from you. So drop in, say hi, and uh, have a good night. Yep, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>